0: Comics, TV, movies, video games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy 2020 Vision is showing me that there are three of us, Batman. It's time for the Comic and Culture Cast. This is Les, your Marvelous Marvel guy. And I may not be from the Capitol, but I'm your DC guy, Josh.
1: And I'm your lore master, Bradley.
2: Alright, so in this episode, we're jumping into the past to visit this last decade of TV, movie, and games. We're each going to go over our top tens of the decade for each category. But before we jump in through the time using the Speed Force, we must get some help from The Flash. Newsflash, to be exact.
0: set a timer, Lesh? You want to describe Newsflash? Sure.
2: So we each have uh, about 15 minutes to get through all the news that has passed since last episode. Uh, any news that we don't get to will be moved to uh, the Facebook page.
0: Cool. All right. You uh, ready? Let's do it. Are you
2: set? Let's go.
0: Are you? Go.
2: All right. So we have the first trailer for Black Widow. Uh, and We also have a new teaser poster. Uh, just a little synopsis of the movie. It's going to take place after the events of Civil War. Uh, Natasha finds herself alone and forced to confront her past while facing a new threat, which you know is going to be Taskmaster. Uh, the film is coming out May 1st,
0: 2020. Cool. All right. All right. So Pass it to you. I'll go next. The Joker script is online for public viewing. And um, so you can read through the whole script if you would like. Page two, the page after the cover page has a quick little description of the setting. And here it is. I'm going to read this quote to you. So, quote, This story takes place in its own universe. It has no connections to any of the DC films that have come before it. We see it as a classic Warner Brothers movie, gritty, intimate, and oddly funny. The characters live in the real world, places, or excuse me, live in the real world, and the stakes are personal. Although it is never mentioned in the film, the story takes place in the past. Let's call it 1981. It's a troubled time. The crime rate in Gotham is at record highs. A garbage strike has crippled the city for the past six weeks, and the divide between the haves and the have-nots is palpable. Dreams are beyond reach, slipping into delusions, end quote. So that gives us the whole setting to the film, the place, the time, and the what's going on, the conflict. So that's really cool. And the thing that really stands out to me is this sentence here. It has no connection to any of the DC films that have come before it. So that really kind of confirms everything, coming straight from the script itself, that it is a standalone film in its own universe. Cool, cool. And with that, I will kick it back to you.
2: All right, so we actually have Bradley here in this episode with us. So he's actually going to do the next piece of news, talking about movie trailers.
1: Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so a ton of movie trailers have dropped since last episode. Unfortunately, we don't really have time to go through all of them. Um, so when you get the chance, go check out the new trailer for James Bond, uh, No Time to Die. Releasing in the United States on April eighth, twenty twenty. There's also a new trailer for the Mulan movie, which a lot of people have been looking forward to. It releases on March twenty seventh. Um, we got our first trailer for the the movie Free Guy, which is starring Ryan Reynolds. Uh, essentially, Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds plays a uh, an NPC in an open world video game, kind of like uh, Grand Theft Auto, and he kind of becomes aware of it. He puts on these like user glasses and gets to join the players um free guy will be released on july 3rd uh we also got the that first interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it actually really looked cool i yeah. thought it looked cool yeah uh, we got the first trailer for wonder woman 1984 and a quiet place part two those films will be released on june 5th 2020 and march 20th uh respectfully cool i
0: gotta say that free guy i haven't seen the trailer for that yeah. yet but the way you describe that that sounds really interesting yeah, it's an interesting concept yeah for sure yeah, for yeah. Sure, yeah. Cool. All right. So David Ayer has confirmed that the new Suicide Squad movie is not a sequel to his. And I'll go ahead and throw in a second piece of news since that was pretty short. According to Murphy's Multiverse, both Hawkman and Hawk Girl will be in Black Adam. This further um, lends to the uh, report that the JSA will be featured in this film. So that is very interesting. I'll kick it back to you.
2: Cool. All right. Uh, So I'll just finish off with the video game news, and then that's all my stuff. So uh, Persona 5 uh, Royal got a brand new trailer and a Western release date. It's going to come March 31st. Uh, And then the rest of the news is from the Game Awards. Um, There wasn't a ton of news this time, but we got some kind of big uh, reveals. We got an update for Ghost of Tsushima, which will release on uh, PS4. Uh, It's going to come summer of this year. Uh, The Wolf Among Us 2 was re-revealed. The game was thought to be canceled after the closure of Telltale Games, I think it was about a year ago. Um, And then we got the official next Xbox, it's called Xbox Series X, um, which, I don't know, looks like a refrigerator to me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah,
2: pretty massive. Um, But yeah, go check out all
0: those. What's wrong with Xbox and their naming schemes?
2: You know, I don't know
1: to be honest. I think, anyway. they, I think they
2: were... So just call it the DVR.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> at, at, at this, this
2: point, point, it's basically the... Yeah. <laughs> oh, and... Xbox 2. And uh, Sekiro uh, won uh, Game of the Year. Game awards. Cool. And so, congratulations to them. All
0: right, and that's the rest of your news, right? Yep. You All right, so I'll just hit the rest of mine. Since we just talked about Black Adam, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has announced that he has started physical training for the Black Adam role. And 2020 is the year of his training. But you know how he, like, blows everything out of proportion? That's kind of his thing. Yeah. So he has, like, a bunch of pictures of him working out on his Instagram and stuff Mm and talking about Black Adam and how it's going to be, like, the biggest hero in DC now. But we'll see. That's just... The Rock. So <laughs> next piece of news, uh, Superman Red Sun, the animated film will be available for download on February 25th and available on Blu ray slash 4K Ultra HD on March 17th. This is a fantastic graphic novel if you've never read it. So I'm excited to see the animated film and how things go there. Next thing is Birds of Prey has officially received an R rating. Woo! <laughs> and then finally, I will leave you with the updated DC movie slate. February 7th, 2020 is Birds of Prey. June 5th, 2020 is Wonder Woman 1984. June 25th, 2021 is The Batman. August 6th, 2021 is The Suicide Squad. December 22nd, 2021 is Black Adam. April 1st, 2022 is Shazam 2. Sorry, Shazam 2. Um, July 1st, 2022 is The Flash, and December 22nd, 2022 is Aquaman 2. Remember that anything more than one year away is most likely going to change, even if just a little bit. That's just kind of how these things work. When you have a slate, things are going to change if they're more than a year away, most likely. But the ones that are in 2020, potentially the Batman in 2021, are pretty set. Um, they could change, but everything else kind of sees more of guidance.
2: Oh, um, weren't we supposed to get a trench movie? before Aquaman 2 or is that like
0: I heard that it was in development and it oh, was okay. kind of being developed before Aquaman was developed but I guess they just kind of oh, have a, a deadline for Aquaman 2 no deadline for the trench is my assumption got it I'm not putting words in their mouths that's just kind of what I'm thinking got it so with that um we have like eight and a half minutes left so I'm gonna stop the timer it's weird it's been a while since we've had an episode you know really busy with Christmas and New Year's and all that stuff that comes around and Thanksgiving and November, December, early January time. Yeah. But really not a lot of news for, you know, all that time that we lost. Yeah. So that's really interesting.
2: Yes. End of the year, I guess. No one really wants to do anything.
0: (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) let's jump into talking about the top tens of the decade. All right. So we decided that we're going to start with TV then go into video games, then go into movies. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to go around in a triangle Um, You're going to visualize the triangle because y'all listeners can't really see our triangle here. And to be honest, Lesh and Bradley can't see the triangle either because I'm not, I don't have a webcam, but I can see them. So I'm the only one who can see this triangle. But anyway, we're going to go around in the triangle and we're going to start with number 10 and go down to number one. We're going to try and spend just a few seconds discussing each pick. And if there's multiple, if multiple of us pick the same thing, we're going to make sure to not talk about the whole thing twice, but kind of just add remarks in the second time that it comes around. All right, so before we jump in and talk about the TV shows that we chose real quick, there was a quick rule we had to have since TV shows, unlike movies and games, last for a long period of time. There are some shows that technically took place before the decade, but still were a part of the decade. So our criteria for the movies, TV shows, and video games were that they had to be released between january 1st 2010 and december 31st of 2019 to be a part of the decade but we also did say that if a tv show premiered its first episode before 2010 as long as more than half of it took place within the 2010s it was fair game so cool. who wants to go first i'll go <laughs> okay go ahead Lynn. who's gonna All go after
1: right. lesh i'll go a second
0: okay cool and i'll be the end of the triangle and cool. we'll repeat after that sounds All good right.
2: All right, so um, I just want to clarify with kind of how I did my top 10 TV shows. Um, the, so, so the number 8 and number 9 and number 10 um, all only have just one season. I wanted to kind of keep it fair. I didn't want to put things with just one season above things, you know, that had that have had multiple. Because you never know, like, how a TV show is going to change from season to season. So I just wanted to kind of clarify. Well, that's kind of why I have those kind of lower on the list. Um, but number ten, I put that makes sense. yeah. Number ten, I put uh, the boys, which came out uh, this year. Um, basically, it follows a uh, group of like kind of vigilante dudes that are trying to fight back against like corrupted super guys. Um, yeah, it was really cool, um, very violent, but I think that's why I liked it so much,
0: and yeah, I got really hooked on it this year. Cool. I've heard about this show. I haven't seen any of it. Mm-hmm. I think I actually saw part of a trailer for it. Um, before a YouTube video, and I, I skipped it because I, I, I don't know, but yeah. you know, um, it seems interesting. I've read a little bit about it, yeah, and kind of like the concept. So, you're enjoying it?
2: Yeah, yeah, I love it a lot. Yeah, um, I what, guess so. It's on your top ten. Yeah, what, what, I think I think what I liked about it so much was that like I know sometimes with like TV seasons, like they'll have like they'll have longer seasons and then like kind of some of the episodes are kind of just like filler and kind of boring, which I think with the boys, I think it was only like eight episodes, but it, it felt like, you know, like every episode was just, was just really great. I thought the pacing was great. So it kept me
1: hooked.
3: Cool. Cool. Yeah.
1: Okay. So we already have a double up cause my number 10 is also the boys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> wow. There we go. Which is why I wasn't going to jump in and say anything in the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really good show. Uh, yeah. it's based on one of my favorite graphic novels. Um, it's very dark and it's very real world, as if like what happens if people actually got right. superheroes and how would they be looked at and judged and kind of like a kind of like a dark comics meets social media, which is what yeah, I think yeah. is really cool about it. So yeah, it's already a double. Yeah, up. <laughs> there we go.
0: Cool, I like it. All right, so I guess it's on to mine. Pick the boys. <laughs> Pick it's the boys. A, well, actually, it's kind of funny that you guys chose that because. You chose something from the very end of the decade that was about superheroes in the real world. Uh I chose something from the beginning of the decade that's about superheroes in the real world. Mine is a show called Alphas that um, took place between 2011 and 2012. It was only two seasons. It's essentially like X-Men or Doom Patrol, but with its own original characters. It's a cliche topic, um, like all of this is, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because of the way that it had its characters. And what the characters were like and how they were all different. They had their own personalities. There's good character development. Unfortunately, it was very short-lived, only two seasons, and it ended on a huge cliffhanger. Oh, man. Uh, God, probably they bad. were hoping to get that the third worst. season and then they never did. So that's really unfortunate. But it was really interesting to see these people that were essentially like mutants that had like these powers in the real world and how they had to interact with the government and how the government was like using them to help people out. And then there were bad people who didn't want to help out. But you also saw like, oh, they don't want to be a part of this government program, which is admirable. But also, they they don't want to help people and they're actually hurting people, so that's not admirable. So it's really interesting, like the whole power play there. So my number ten pick yeah. was alphas. Yeah, that
1: sounds pretty. What what channel was that on? Like, what do you remember? Where
0: you uh, was watching? it was it FX FX? I think it was FX because is... I
1: remember. Is that the show where, like, the, there's the one guy who he can almost see, like, digital wavelengths? Yes, yes. He can okay, see, like, so, all the wavelengths yeah, so I through have it. seen that oh, I was trying no, to no, think no, if okay. I remembered the show, and I do remember that show. Yeah, it's a really good show. I enjoyed it as well. But, yeah, yeah it was kind of disappointing. It that ended on sense. a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's definitely worth checking out as long as you don't plan on um, getting being happy getting, about that getting, ending. Yeah. <laughs> getting, getting closure, getting yeah. too involved in it, yeah. <laughs> all
2: right. So I guess uh, I got my number nine is uh, the Mandalorian, um, the Star Wars show. Uh, we talked about it last episode. Uh, yeah, really, really kind of fell in love with that show. Fell in love with uh, Baby Yoda. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, oh yeah, I would honestly, I would trade in that entire new trilogy for the Mandalorian, man. Like, <laughs> like seriously, like I, the Mandalorian is like what Star Wars should be. Like, man, so yeah, love that show. Can't wait for season. I one hundred
0: percent agree. Yeah. For me, um, The Mandalorian. I agree. I would, uh, uh what's the word? <laughs> exchange yeah. the whole third trilogy for this. Oh yeah. I really enjoy The Mandalorian. I'll give away. It's not on my list, mm-hmm. but it was really close to making it. Yeah. Um, it probably be in my like top like fifteen. Mm-hmm. But a fantastic show. I agree with you hundred percent. It's what Star Wars should be. It felt like it was going back to the original Star Wars. Yeah. In my opinion, so.
1: I agree. Did you watch the middle I have not started watching oh, okay. it yet. Um, I was catching up on some other TV shows, and then by the time I finished those shows, The Witcher had come out, so oh, yeah, Witcher, I started it, watching yeah. that. Gotcha. Um, but no, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I am a big Star Wars fan. It's just there was stuff I committed to before Disney Plus came out, and yeah, I was yeah. catching up on it. and So cool, so I'm cool. looking forward to starting it, but I've heard yeah, a lot of good things. And it was the cool. fact that I like to binge watch shows, mm-hmm. and then they did the weekly release. That right. just got oh, to yeah, me. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> <Good> Understandable. <more. laughs> Okay, so my number nine, it's probably kind of high up on the list, and some people might disagree, but it's Game of Thrones. Um, I really enjoyed Game of Thrones. It was a great series. Um, Obviously, a lot of controversy with the final season, um, but I kind of looked at it as a majority of the show was much better than... The down parts like the bad seasons Mm. there was a lot more good seasons and a lot more good episodes than there were but bad seasons and bad episodes so obviously most people know about game of thrones it was the other episode i guest hosted on so but uh yeah i mean it was just a great show a lot of people liked it it was a really popular got a huge fandom following so Mm. i think it deserved to be in the top 10 on my list yeah cool understandable i've never seen the game of thrones show
0: Um, The Game of Thrones show. I've never seen (laughs) Game of Thrones, but um, I know a lot of people that have seen it, and every person I've talked to that has seen it said they enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. really high praise. Cool. All right, so I'm going to throw a lot of people for a loop with my number nine. I bet a lot of people are not going to expect this. My number nine ran from 2007 through 2015. It was four seasons, and it was a TV show called Phineas and Ferb.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. I mean, it was a great show. I, I mean, I can, I yeah, can agree it was, that, yeah. I totally forgot about that show. But man, <laughs> it, that's here's good the thing.
0: thing. It was extremely formulaic. Every show was exactly the same when it came to formula. <laughs> they were going to build something. Candace got mad. She was going to tell the parents. And Perry the Platypus went off and went, was Agent P. Uh, interacted with Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Dr. Doofenshmirtz's innator, whatever innator it was, would destroy or fix, or change back whatever Phineas and Ferb were doing, Candace would show the mom, and then she'd be like, there's nothing there, and they think that, you know, Candace's, like, schizophrenic or something. Same formula every episode, but despite that, every episode was unique.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I think that's really admirable, the fact that, you know, it was the same thing, but it was different every time. It was also very funny. They were not afraid to make fun of anyone, and uh, including the whole country of Canada and the whole country of Greenland. That was a really funny episode when they mocked all of <laughs> all of Canada and Greenland. And each episode had two plots that converged. So that was really cool to me.
2: I'm really happy you picked Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, I mean... I'm really, I mean, really happy I can agree. It was, yeah, yeah. it was a really good
1: show. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I just d- didn't even think of yeah, it, honestly. I, I didn't think of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I knew a lot of people would to expect that. Yeah. But <laughs> let's send good it back thing. to Lesh for starter number eight. All right.
2: So we got the first uh, anime show um on i guess for today uh, i put the promise neverland at number eight uh we talked about it way at the start of this year um yeah i absolutely loved that show um that was kept, a good show kept, kept me hooked um from beginning to end uh love all the twists and turns that you never know never knew what to expect um very great characters yeah awesome show can't wait for season two
0: i'm with you there it was really interesting a lot of plot twists yeah. i'll say that I don't want to give away too much because that's the whole thing about this show yeah, is yeah. The, even the plot twist in the first episode kind of gives it away. Yeah. So I'll just say it's full of plot twists. It's a ride the whole way.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not a huge anime fan. I've oh, yeah. watched a lot of the mainstream ones, obviously that's what most people yeah, love, yeah. but I've heard a lot of good things about, about that one. So yeah, I, it one. could be on my list to check out. I, there's a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies and yeah, stuff yeah. that I got to go through. So, <laughs> um, but I guess we'll go to my next one. Uh, so I don't know how many people would know this show. Uh, it's kind of a mainstream show. It's about to be on its fifth season. It's called uh, The Magicians. Um, oh, yeah, I've
3: heard of it. It's
1: kind of basically it's a it's a school that people get to go to. They get invited to where if they show these basically magical powers and most people they get to major in a certain type of magic. Um, it's really good. It's yeah, like I said, it's about to go into its fifth season. Um, its fourth season was kind of controversial mm. with a lot of people's opinions on how it ended, but I think it's a really good show. It kind of keeps you locked in and hooked, and different twists, different moments, a lot of cool magical creatures, and really good effects. I, don't know, I think it's a great show. Cool. Cool. But, is it on Netflix? Um, it should be on. Yeah. yeah, it's on Netflix. Cool, or can check it, it Netflix, out. I've never heard of that. so.
0: I, I've heard of it. But I think it's I on Netflix. Yeah. But okay. yeah, I, I really cool. It all, so. Yeah, I gotta check that out, because I've never heard of it. That sounds interesting. Alright, so my number 8... Now. Go for it. My number 8 uh, aired from 2013 through now. It's four seasons. And it is what I consider the adult version of Phineas and Ferb, but sci-fi. Ooh. And it is Rick and Morty.
4: <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Um, I have yet to see season 4, but I think it's really interesting how they have all like these interesting plots and subplots going on. It's that kind of wacky, uh, not afraid to make fun of things, but also has a good story and good character development and just explores the lore of the show immensely. I really like the multiverse theory and how they kind of explore it really well. So I have yet to see the new season, season four, but seasons one through three, I think did a fantastic job. I just really like Rick and Morty.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty. It's a great show. It's very... It's very, like, tongue-in-cheek at some points, but then it's it's very uh, satiric. So it's a great show. They do a great job, and they've amassed a pretty big cult following. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so my next
2: one, number seven, uh, another anime, uh, Attack on Titan. Um, yeah, I got, re- got really hooked on that a um, couple years ago. And then it's funny because I actually kind of started getting bored of it. And so then I stopped after like the first half of the third season, and then like it was like a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh man, let me like like watch what's going, like let me catch up on this show. Like I wonder if I'm missing out, and I I, I think I had missed like 12 episodes, and I just binged all of that within like like that night. Oh man, so good! I love that show. Uh, s- s- such a mature show. You should not get attached to any characters. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, love, love, love Attack on Titan. I'm, I'm back on, back on the hype train.
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a really big formula nowadays with TV shows, yeah. is like, don't get attached to anybody right, in the yeah, show, because yeah. they're probably going to be they're murdered, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, um, so, I mean, that's out. that's a lot of Game of Thrones, is yeah, Game to, uh, of Thrones there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of shows that have started doing that, where it's yeah. like, oh, you really like this character? Sucks Awkward. for you!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I already know one of my favorite characters from Attack on Titan is going to die next season, so.
1: All right, don't say it in case no, yeah, it I'm, ends I'm up not. happening. <laughs> I'm not. No, yeah, because
2: my, my cousin reads the manga, and he's like, oh, by the way, Lesh, I know you really love this oh, character. no. I have no, to tell what you. What a way to ruin it. And I was like, "No, well, why would you tell me that? <laughs> um,
1: okay, I mean. All right,
2: you're up.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, so my number seven is uh, the show Jack Ryan. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a Amazon show. It's really good. It's uh, John Krasinski. Um, if I, don't, yeah, I probably awesome. just butchered his last name. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, think he's a great actor. He does a great job in that show. I really liked the books that they're based on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really cool. I mean, he's uh, like, I mean, you've seen parts of it. I'm assuming. Yeah, I so, saw the know. first
2: season. I haven't seen. seen but many. he's
1: a, basically an analyst for the yeah. U.S. government, and he goes on these different missions, and it's it's really good. I think anybody who has Amazon Prime um video should go ahead and watch the first season and if they continue to like it go ahead and the watch the second season yeah I, look, I, really like I, it. I got stuff to watch
3: that
0: it's really funny that you bring that up because i was just watching amazon prime video earlier today and an ad for that show came up and i was like wow that looks interesting it's really so, good
1: yeah i would recommend watching it
0: cool i'll check it out all right so my number seven is actually two shows that kind of tie in together
3: okay
0: and they are arrow and the flash okay all right um arrow aired from 2012 through now and it was eight seasons and the flash is from 2014 through now and is on its fifth season season excuse me i really liked um both of these shows in their infancy when they were brand new arrow became kind of um boring around season six for me and the flash became really cringy for me around season four um I didn't really like the directions that they took the show. Some people will have a difference of opinion, and that's fine. And that's kind of why I was okay with putting them both on one slot, because one, they share a universe together, and two, I only liked about half of each show. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I really liked the way they explored the lore of the DC universe, and the CGI and costumes were not bad for um, low-budget television. So uh, there's definitely better CGI and costumes out there, but for the money that they were working with, I think they did a pretty good job. And that's all I really have to say about Arrow and Flash.
2: Cool, cool, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't really get
0: as into the shows, but
2: um, I'm glad that they kind of stuck around because I know there's like a really huge following there. It's really cool how they like how they connect them. Like that's that's really cool. Yeah. And we haven't really seen that done aside from that in TV. So yeah,
1: yeah. I really like those shows as well: uh, Green Arrow, mm-hmm. Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I've been watching the. Uh, crisis on infinite earths. Mm-hmm. It's crossover. How is it's, I... going on? it's going really well, actually. I like it a lot. Um, they have certain cameos that are pretty interesting and they have characters that you wouldn't expect to be there. Um, I don't really want to like say, cause it's not really a spoiler, but I know some people will kind of enjoy seeing it happen if they watch it later. So I won't say anything about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very cool. All right.
2: So my next one, uh, my next two are actually kind of, kind of be a little bit different. Um, cause actually reality TV shows, um, <laughs> Number six, uh, I have very very fond Here's memories. Sure. <laughs> no, uh, I have very fond memories of watching uh, American Ninja Warrior this uh, decade with my dad. Um, it was really we we have our favorite Ninja Warriors. They we're we're big fans of the show, and yeah, I, th- I think I think more I think it's more kind of the memories of having that with my dad than actually like the show itself. But yeah, big big fan of of American Ninja Warrior. Cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, I've heard you talk about this show for since I've known you. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, very, very into it. Um, I mean, I don't watch any other sport um, <laughs> other than American Ninja
1: Warrior, so. <laughs> that's cool, that's cool. Yeah, 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 I always catch clips on YouTube and it's always yeah. really cool, but then I'm like, uh I'm not going to watch it <laughs> Right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, oh, I'll pass it to you, brother. So my number six uh, is, it only got two seasons, and a lot of people were upset when they announced that it was being canceled. Um, so my number six is The Punisher. Oh, The, man. the Netflix series. Oh, I am that. That got um, canceled. I, yeah. I, I'm i a big comic book fan, like like mm-hmm. a lot of us are, um, and I thought John Bernthal's Frank Castle was bring amazing. Back. I thought they have to bring that was great, what they were doing with the series, and they were kind of keeping it Hell's Kitchen and all that mm-hmm. stuff with Daredevil and Luke and uh, Luke Cage and Mm -hmm. it just was really good and then they were just like alright we're gonna make Punisher a crazy brutal murderous rampage TV show and it was just really good I thought he did a great job and I everybody I talked to says they really enjoyed watching it and but yeah it got cancelled hopefully Marvel and Disney go hey you know what we're gonna make a Punisher movie he's gonna play it
2: yeah so yeah,
3: that'd
2: be cool I like that yeah they have to bring him back he he, he was so good in that role so yeah fingers crossed see what happens
0: <laughs> all right so that's to me i guess <laughs> yeah. my number six is my oldest one on my list it actually premiered in 2005 but it's running up through this year and actually its final season is going to be in 2020 and that is criminal
1: minds Ooh. Ooh, I actually it's did, ending i didn't know its final season was gonna oh be wow this year. yeah that's crazy
0: and it's supposed to be a very short season i think just 10 episodes okay oh, dang. Um, So it's 15 seasons total, including the one coming out this year. I'm actually only currently on season 13, so I am going to say that. So if for some reason, like season 14 and 15 are terrible for some reason, which I doubt, but if that's the case, that's not being um, factored into this because I've only seen the first 13 seasons. I got to say, it's a fantastic crime show that explores the psychological side of things. Um, I love the characters and you actually care about the characters, which I think is really cool. And it's not just a this is the killer of the week, uh, every episode type thing. But there are a few of those. But there's also these long running bad guys as well, where, you know, this one serial killer will be like almost half of a season or sometimes multiple seasons. And you kind of see them interact with the characters. And I think that's really cool. Just the character development overall is like the best part of the show. Cool, cool. That's all I have to say about it.
2: All right. Yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I feel like it's been on forever. I can't believe it's, it's ending. Yeah, yeah, right. I didn't uh, even know that. That's yeah, I crazy. Know it. Um, all right, so my number five um, is uh, another TV show that I have fond memories of My dad wa- uh, watching with my dad is Shark Tank. love Shark Tank. Um, yeah, great show. Entrepreneurs come and they pitch ideas to a panel of sharks um, or business uh Investors, basically. Um, it's really cool seeing kind of all the different ideas people have, and um, some of them are kids, which is pretty cool. Um, that so, is yeah.
0: cool. Yeah. I got to say, I've heard of the show and it's mm-hmm. pretty cool, um, but every time I hear about it, I always get it confused with the show called Tanked, where it's the group <laughs> of guys where they go and they build like giant fish tanks for rich people.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, th- the show. Th- Shark Tank is pretty cool. I, I've seen, I think, one episode, but I've heard a lot about it, and it's a really cool concept because it's something that actually happens every day in the right. real world, and we kind of get a sneak peek at it.
1: I also had to pick it because I have a pet shark, too. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, Bruce. Yeah.
1: It's Bruce. a really cool show. I mean, yeah. I've seen a few episodes, and a lot of the ideas are really cool. And I mean, yeah. it's crazy because some of the stuff that we use, like, every day yeah, was on, that, on that, show. that show. Yeah. Um but I really could, cool. But I could never get into it because some of the stuff is really cringy. Yeah, right. And it just bothers <laughs> me sometimes when you watch, like, how <laughs> awkward some of the entrepreneurs can be yeah. talking to the... The investors. Well, so. it's
2: really awkward when they forget what they're supposed to be saying. And yeah. if there's this awkward silence. <laughs> I'm kind of like, uh, dude, say something. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like hard televised. to I could never get into it because of how awkward it got
1: sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, I guess it's... All right. Uh, so, my next one um, is the show Justified. Um, it's a... Uh, I don't know how many people would know it. Uh, it's about a um, U.S. Marshal deputy. And he kind of has a wild west way of what he does and Mm -hmm. very just kind of straightforward about how he goes after justice and his superiors don't really like it and the criminals he's going after obviously don't Uh like it but it's a really good show um it's uh i'm probably gonna butcher his name uh timothy oliphant he's in like santa clarita diet oh Uh, it's the husband in that show um he plays the main character he it's really good i liked it um it's, i don't think it's on anymore and i'm gonna say that oh. because i haven't seen it in forever <laughs> i stopped watching at one point because just life got busy but it mm-hmm. was i still will go back and watch some of the episodes that i have the seasons of so mm-hmm. but cool yeah, on to you that sounds
0: interesting
3: yeah
0: all right so i guess that's on to me mm-hmm. my number five is something that i actually just started watching like a, about a month month and a half ago and I'm kind of hooked onto it, and um, it's my first anime on the list. Oh, and um, as some of you know, I'm a teacher, and it was actually really funny. I was talking about this show, and one of my students was like, "You watch anime?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I watch good TV." And if the good TV happens to be a documentary, it happens to be a documentary. If it happens to be an anime, it happens to be an anime. If it happens to be a cartoon, it's a cartoon. I just watch stuff if it's good. Mm -hmm. I think that's really shown in our top tens here with a large variety of good TV. So with that, my number five aired from 2012 through 2019. It's currently four seasons, and it is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure.
2: Nice. um, I'm,
0: I'm watching it right now. I'm currently on season three, so I still have to finish this season and start season four. And then I know the manga had a lot more, so I'm sure there's going to be more coming. Um, I started watching a little over a month ago, like I said. It's very interesting style. Each season is a different member of the Joestar family as their main character. So the main character changes consistently throughout the seasons. So I think that is very cool and very um, different. So like the first season is split into two parts. One goes over... Joseph Joestar or excuse me um Jonathan Joestar and then the next part is his grandson Joseph Joestar and then season two is um Jotaro Kujo who is the grandson again and then the, the next season the one I'm on now is Josuke who's like the nephew and it's interesting how it just travels through this family and the main character changes each time but the story is consistent has really cool lore with the Hamon and stands, so that makes it really interesting, and also has very good character development. You actually care about these characters, and you care about the Joestar family and their main opponent, Dio. So, that is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure.
2: I also have not, I have not watched that show, but I, I've been recommended, or people have recommended it to me um, for a while, so I'm going to have to check that out next.
0: It really is bizarre, but it, it's <laughs> really interesting and cool. All right. All right. So next one on the list
2: for me, my number four, um, we talked about Punisher, uh, earlier. Uh, I don't have Punisher on my list, but I do have Daredevil. So yeah, I, I loved, um, uh, Daredevil on Netflix. I was so sad when it was canceled. Um, but that, that was kind of the one that like, I feel like how you kind of felt about Punisher is the way I kind of felt about Daredevil. Like I love Charlie Cox as, as Matt Murdock. I thought he did amazing. I hope they bring him back. Um, and either if they bring the show back or just bring him into the wider MCU, I um, would take either. So just just want to see more of that portrayal.
0: Cool. Yeah, that was a really interesting show. Yeah. That was um, my real introduction to Marvel TV that wasn't a cartoon.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm and, um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really, really, really like the style of the Netflix Marvel shows, mm-hmm. especially compared to... Um, the MCU at the time—that mm-hmm. was the the Marvel shows were kind of more of my style. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, so I really kind of latched onto that and enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. So. Up to you. Um, we're gonna double up again, and I don't know why we keep putting them at the same oh, really? number. Because, hey. because <laughs> yeah. my number four is also Daredevil. Yeah, there we go. Um, oh, that's funny. Because uh same thing. I really like Charlie Cox. Yeah. He's amazing. I would love for them to bring him and John Burnfall into the real yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. It would be great. Uh show had excellent writing. Mm-hmm. It had great combat fighting scenes, some of the best fighting scenes in oh, T V. And
2: um Kingpin. I totally forgot. Yeah, Kingpin. Yeah, we'll see. The, the, sure, the other best.
1: big highlight yeah. was in King was Kingpin and then yeah. And the most recent season, the final season with Bullseye, oh, yeah. Bullseye. I thought he was great. Yeah, yeah. I thought the guy they cast to do Bullseye was amazing, and yeah. it was just a really good show. They, though, I think that show and Punisher were the two mm-hmm. big highlights. Yeah, I of, agree. of the Netflix Marvel mm-hmm. universe that they started to create. So yeah. I really hope that they bring them into the actual cinematic universe. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we did have that idea a while ago of um, for kind of the way that Spider-Man: Far From Home ended the idea of what oh, if Matt right. Murdock comes in break as Spider Man as Peter Parker's lawyer. Yeah, yeah. So that would be really interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool.
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah. That'd be a great way to to bring him in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially, you know, if they chose and kept with the same actor. Yeah. And they just kinda like showed his face on screen. That'd be like a, a big moment, like a, a surprise, you know. Honestly, I'll be upset and put on the briefcase.
2: Daredevil or Punisher, and have different people.
1: I'll, I'll be really uh, upset. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it would be, especially since it, they've established it's the
0: same universe. It would be
1: great if, like, the Spider-Man scene is just literally like they're like, "We need you. We need to get you a lawyer," and then all it shows is like the, 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 yeah, the yeah. sign, the door that says like "Cox" yeah, on it, yeah. and then it's yeah, you're like. Okay, or <laughs> er, not Cox? What's his Murdoch? Murdoch, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I said Cox. Um, <laughs> but it says Murdoch, and it's you're like, oh, I know who this is, and then yeah. it, the it cuts to it, and it's him sitting there. It's Charlie Cox yeah, sitting there. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be great. Yeah, that'd I'd be, be awesome. like, because yeah. then you don't even have to have him beat Daredevil until like his own standalone or right. something else. But just I think it'd like be, just show yeah. that he's part of the universe now. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be Honestly, cool. it'd be amazing.
0: <laughs> what would be really funny is if they did that, except instead of. Um, Charlie Cox, it was another, like, famous actor. And you're like, oh, man, they re they recast him. And then he stands up and Charlie Cox is sitting behind him. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's the actual actor. It's, it's actually, like you yeah, know, DiCaprio or something, you know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was cool. But anyway, um move on from that. And I think it's now my number four, right?
3: Yeah.
0: My number four aired from 2011 through 2017. It was six seasons and it is called Grim. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay,
2: yeah, Grimm. yeah. yeah.
0: It was a really interesting show, a story about the descendants of the Brothers Grimm, and what they saw, which was real, but only they could see it. And anybody who was not a Grimm could not see it. So it was really interesting, like there were Bluebodden, which were like the uh, werewolf type people, and um, Grimm's could see this, so could other Bluebodden and other Vesten, is what they call them, these people that can also be like creature people. And it was hidden from the normal eyes view, and the Grimm's were supposed to hunt these people. But now they're living in a world where they have to live in harmony, but some of them are still evil and some are good. So the grim, this grim, has to figure out what he's going to do because he is a police detective. And so he's kind of in a sticky situation there. Um, It has great lore and great characters. It had the six seasons, like I said, and the final season felt semi-rushed, but it was still really good overall. And definitely a show I would recommend to people.
1: Um. Yeah. Uh. That, actually, the funny thing is, uh, Grimm is probably in my top twenty. I really enjoyed oh, the nice. show as well. Um. Because I am a big fan of the lore, mm-hmm. and I really like the old Grimm brothers fairy tales. So when I heard they were making yeah. a a TV show about it, I was like, Oh, I've got to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it is really cool. Like, I mean, you did a great job explaining it. Um. Yeah, I gotta agree. The last season of it was not. It was not the best season they had. It did seem like mm-hmm. they kind of quickly found out that they were having to end the show and rushed through it. But I, I agree. It's a really good show. It's my definitely in my top 20.
0: Yeah. If they would have taken the last season and put it into two seasons, I think they would have had much better closure. For sure. But other than that, yeah, I agree. Fantastic. All right. And Lesh to you for number three.
2: All right. The, the top three. We're getting close, boys. <laughs> All right, uh right. Two more lists to do. <laughs> oh, dang it. <yeah. laughs> All right. So uh number three, I put Stranger Things um yeah i I just i just love the cast um for stranger things um second season i wasn't as big on but i absolutely adore the first and third season um it it, honestly though it it really is the just the cast i think that they do a fantastic job uh, portraying those characters and um it's hard to pick someone that i don't like on that show because i i really do like all of them so yeah stranger things number three
0: cool yeah Yeah, i agree it was it was a pretty good show yeah
1: yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a lot of people asking me about Dungeons & Dragons after the oh, show yeah. came out. I got a lot of I got a lot of requests about if I ever played it and if I could uh, yeah. Dungeon Master for some people <laughs> after that show. So, yeah, it was a great show. Everybody really liked it yeah. got a big following. And
3: yeah,
1: I'm one of those followers.
0: <laughs> cool. All
1: right. All right, so, yeah, in the top three, my number three is my only animated show on the list. It's okay. uh, the show Archer. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
1: I I don't know. Oh yeah, I've I heard mean, of the show. It's it's really stupid. Some of the jokes are really dumb. It's okay. very it's animated, but it's very adult. It's a uh, it's like um, it's from FX and it's on Hulu and but it's um the same voice actor voices Archer that's in Bob's Burgers who voices Bob. Oh, okay. And, uh, but yeah, it's very mature jokes a lot of sexual content it's a spy agency they he's a archer Starling archer is the main character he's a super spy he's considered the deadliest spy in the world but it's honestly because of like his weird incompetence makes him really good at being a spy so that's that's my number three <laughs> oh, cool. that sounds funny and it's on to you man cool
0: all right, so my number three, um, as a callback to Lesh, why I didn't say a lot, my number three is also Stranger Things. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right, we doubled. So
0: a little statistics about Stranger Things: it was from 2016 through now, um, three seasons. I know they're working on a fourth, correct? Yeah. Yes. And the fourth is going to be its final. Cool. Cool. From what I've heard. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I liked it. Okay. Cool. I liked it because it was an interesting mix of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror all in one. Um, The story told was through the eyes of the children, which is really cool. It was small-town America, which always tells a great story. And there's still a lot of mystery and unknown things, which I really like. I like when things don't get complete closure, but there's still some questions left to be asked. And hopefully a lot will be answered in Season 4, but not everything, so that we're, we're still left with some mystery.
2: Can I add one quick thing about Stranger Things before you go for that. it? So my grandma actually recommends Stranger Things to me when it first started in 2016. And that, that's how I knew, oh, if my grandma like got into the show, I, I, need, I need to at least check this out. <laughs> that's
0: funny. My parents recommended it to me. Really? So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> my grandma never recommends anything to me. So I don't know, how I, don't know anyway. how I got into it. I think I just saw yeah, it one day and was like, I'm
3: going
2: to watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number two Is uh the last anime on my list is My Hero Academia? Um, I got into that show. I think when the second season was still airing, and so I binge watched the whole first season um in a day because I got that hooked. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that show. I I honestly do not think there has been even like the filler episodes. I think are like amazing. Like I I've never watched an episode where I was like, yeah, that was just all right. Like. I get, I I scream, like, when that show happens, like, something cool happens, I'm like, yes! Yeah, it's that type of show. I love it. I've had noise complaints from my neighbors. That's (laughs)
1: that's not
0: true. I'm a a I believe it, though. I believe it.
1: That's probably one of the animes I've seen the most episodes of this decade. Uh, Because, I mean, a lot of people talk about it. Some of my really good friends, that's their biggest thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. they're, they're always referencing it, and I'm always, I was like I, okay, I gotta watch at least a few episodes so I understand what they're talking about. So yeah, that's probably I really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't watched enough of it to put it on my top ten list. Yeah, and yeah. So, uh, but it is a really good show so far. What I've seen, I've actually really enjoyed it. Plus Ultra Baby, plus Ultra. <laughs> All right, up to you, Bradley. Cool. Um, so my number two is my longest running show, so far. Um, it started in 2005, and it is on its current last season. Um, and it's the show Supernatural. Uh, I'm a big mm. fan about all mythology and lore and stuff like that. Yeah. So when it was announced and they talked about there's demons and they talked about um, mythical creatures and these two brothers hunting them down and protecting the world from these unknown darknesses that you, nobody knows are there. Uh, so it's just really cool. I mean, they've done a great job. It, mm-hmm. um, there's some seasons where I'm like, eh, you could have done better. But a lot of their filler episodes, they... have they've always got something different going on. They have that overarching storyline for each season, but each episode kind of has its own little side story that they get into. And there's some great actors, some great moments. I've laughed watching it. I've cried watching it. It's just a really great show. It's one of my favorite. Yeah. That's cool.
0: cool. My sister watched it and she said that she really enjoyed it. And so did my roommate, Austin. He's been on the, my he's God. been a guest on the podcast before. So um, y'all know him as well. And um, that's, Two, now three people I've heard talk about the show and say positive things about it. So that's really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But on to your number two, Josh.
0: All right. So my number two is a show that I find very interesting based on a movie series that was based on a book. And it is a show that actually I started rewatching recently. It aired from 2013 through 2015. It has three oh, seasons. Oh, I know what it is. Hannibal. Oh okay oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um it's really interesting because it's a show about hannibal lecter and will graham and it's based on the stories by the author thomas harris who wrote the series for the hannibal lecter series including um the red dragon Silence of the lambs and hannibal and then um hannibal rising later on so this is really interesting because it's non-canon so they can kind of do what they want and it tells like the story of what's happening leading up to the Red Dragon and because Hannibal Rising tells the story about how Hannibal Lecter became who he was and how he became a serial killer and a cannibal and all that stuff. But then there's this huge time gap before the Red Dragon when Hannibal Lecter's already in jail. So this story kind of tells the story of what Hannibal Lecter was doing in that time before he was caught. And how he was assisting the FBI with things. Really cool. It's like a psychological thriller and horror all in one. I think it's really cool. Um, I find it really interesting. And it's really cool to see some of the characters actually go insane. And to see how they go through that process.
1: Yeah, I'm, So that's well, my number two. I, I've seen parts of it. Um, it is a really good show. I That was the reason I got into it. It was because they were like, it's a TV show about Hannibal Lecter. And I was like, oh, that sounds like it's going to be awesome. Um, I did really enjoy it. Uh, I just, I don't know why. I just, at one point I was like, I stopped watching Stop. as it started, as it kept airing. And I guess I just never got back into it. I do see it all the time though on like, I think it's on Netflix now or Hulu and I see it and I'm like,
0: it's on Amazon Prime okay, video. That's
1: where I saw it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go finish the show. I'm going to go watch their last, the couple of, the two seasons I didn't get to finish. And so here you talk about it. I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and finish watching it.
0: Oh, yeah, I started watching it with Sydney, actually, like, a uh, couple weeks ago, and we're on season two now, so re-watching it. I keep rediscovering things and remembering, like, oh, I know what's going to happen next, and, like, I'll look over at Sydney to see how she's going to react, so <laughs> it's fun.
2: Cool, all and right. And with that,
0: I will kick it back to Lesh for your number one so number show one. of the 2010s.
2: Oh, man, okay. Uh, so, Bradley, you and I actually doubled up on one last thing. I just had a little higher on the list. I went with Game of Thrones as my number one. Uh, For me, I think when it comes to TV, uh, Game of Thrones kind of just owned the decade for me. I just, yeah, uh, I just got super, super into it Um, this decade. I love just talking about it with people, love making predictions, uh, loved a lot of the characters. Uh, I do think the the final season um, could have been better. I just wish they kind of had made it longer um, and kind of prolonged it a little bit more. Um, But I don't think the final season kind of takes away from like the fur like the the rest of the the series is just like so phenomenal yeah, just sure. so well for done sure. so um yeah game of thrones number 1 i also have the soundtrack on my phone i love
3: listening <laughs> to it cool cool cool
2: yeah
1: all right uh so my number 1 is i've i've talked to you about it before um i don't know if you ever remember me talking about it but it's a show called psych Oh um, yeah, yeah. It aired in two thousand and six. So this is the one that I was a little iffy about, but it has uh-huh. a, it has nine seasons and five of them are in this decade of two thousand ten to right. two thousand fourteen. Um, but it was a great show. I really liked it. It's very comedic. It's about a uh, um, an individual who's hyper observant. His dad trained him how to notice small details and the smallest things and remember smells and remember everything he sees. He's got a photographic memory, and he gives a tip in the very first episode and they're like, Hey, the only way you would know this is if you were in on it. But <laughs> so he pretends that he was a psychic and that's how he got the information. And instead of just saying he's hyper observant <laughs> and, um, he goes through nine seasons pretending he's a psychic as that's a, <laughs> uh, as a liaison for the Santa Barbara police department. He solves crazy, mur- he solves crazy uh, murders. He uh, goes up against two different serial killers, bank robberies. Yes. It's a really good show. I really enjoyed it. It's- obviously it's my number one it's my yeah, favorite yeah. show cool that's really cool
2: where did, where, where did that where did that air on
1: it was on USA yes
2: okay.
0: yeah. cool cool so. yeah I've heard about that show that's another show that my sister watched that she really liked so yeah
1: I cool. really loved it it's, it's, uh-huh. I mean even not a, not even just the decade it's actually like my all time favorite hey, show hey nice so. awesome
0: plot twist Bradley's my sister <laughs> <laughs> wait what but <laughs> really <but, laughs> alright so um. to you my number one is actually um, really interesting because I started watching it just a year ago. And it really caught me on and actually pulled me into a whole universe full of lore that I had not been a part of before. I know what it is. And I see Lesh's face. I think he knows what it is. <laughs> um, it aired from 2015 through 2018. It was actually only one season, but its season was 131 episodes long. And that is Dragon Ball Super.
2: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say America's Got Talent. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> um so uh, for a lot of people dragon ball z around my age dragon ball z is a huge part of their childhood and they grew up with it you know seeing it on cartoon network or on tsunami or adult swim depending on the time that they watched it but um for me i never watched dragon ball z growing up and in november of 2018 i had a group of students they were all seniors that were talking to me because they liked comic books as did i we were kind of just talking about it and they said hey do you ever watch dragon ball growing up and i said no actually And they said there's this movie coming out called Dragon Ball Super Broly, and um, I can just go on YouTube and watch, like, Dragon Ball Z Explained for each arc to understand it. Uh, And then watch Dragon Ball Super and then be ready for the Broly movie in two months. And so instead, what I did was I got the Funimation and the Crunchyroll Um, free trials and i watched all of dragon ball z and all of dragon ball super it's 290 episodes plus 131 episodes that i watched in like a month and a half you're crazy (laughs) i got i I got home from work you know (laughs) um i would stay at work grading homework and doing lesson plans and stuff so i could have free time at home i'd get home from work i'd put it on the tv and i'd start cooking and then by the time sydney got over we'd eat dinner and i'd just keep watching it and i watched (laughs) the whole thing in about a month and a half but um it really got me attached to the whole Dragon Ball universe, and I really enjoy it now. I love the world building and lore that took place in Dragon Ball Super. I'd pick Dragon Ball Z, but obviously something that aired in the 80s and 90s cannot be part of the top 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> but this came out in 2015, Dragon Ball Super. I prefer Dragon Ball Z, honestly, but Dragon Ball Super was still fantastic. It introduced a lot of really cool new characters like Beerus and Whis and cool villains like Zamasu. So, um, my number one pick is Dragon Ball Super.
2: Can you give us your best uh, Kamehameha? No.
0: (laughs) I can put one in from a a clip, but I can't. Do it. Um, Before we move on. Insert it
2: right here.
0: There it was. Alright, so before we move on to video games, I just want to ask, do you guys have any, like, runner-ups, like, things that you want to mention but didn't make your top tens before we move on for your TV shows? <laughs> my,
2: my my pick, uh, well, okay. Um, c- c- might be kind of a weird pick. I'm still really into Survivor. Um, <laughs> I, I love that show. To, to me, I think it was in its prime in the 2000s, which is why I did even though it's been airing, obviously, for the past two decades. I consider it In it's prime in the 2000s, so that's why I didn't include it
1: here. That makes sense. That's fair. My runner-up is, uh, probably my 11th slot, is uh, American Dad. It's another one of those... Mm. uh, That's another one of those adult, funny, like, cartoons. But, um... Obviously, it's been around for a while. It was a spinoff of Family Guy, but Mm -hmm. um, it's been going through 2010 to 2020 now, at this point, for... Cool. Pretty steadily. It's obviously had some low points but i still go back and watch old seasons and new seasons all the time
0: cool nice um i have four little runner-ups that i want to throw in um bob's burgers definitely deserves a spot somewhere on some list <laughs> impractical jokers that show is hilarious <laughs> and i even just like watching clips from it on youtube from now and now and again a uh, really funny show they're so stupid <laughs> Um, Another show that I thought was really interesting, um, especially in its earlier seasons, and it's another one that started in 2005 and I think ended in 2017, and its earlier seasons I did prefer, but it's called Bones, and it's another uh, crime drama type show, and my final runner-up is Turn, Washington's Spies, and it's kind of a drama show about um, the American Revolutionary period and these people that would uh, be spies in the British Army even though they were American, so or colonists at the time there weren't really americans yet but yeah those are my runner-ups that i thought were pretty cool i'm surprised no
2: one picked uh the crow the tv show yeah, yeah right
0: yeah there's a reason i'm
2: like you didn't pick it i can't believe i didn't pick it but <laughs> I mean, yeah or you josh i'm surprised you
3: didn't pick
0: it. oh there's a reason
2: <laughs> all right so i guess we're done with tv so moving on the movies oh movies or games video games i think is next one.
0: oh games, games games sorry all right I have a little notebook with everything written down. This
2: is a long episode, so buckle up. It's the decade. That's true. Yeah, we're time traveling. Yes, we are.
0: It should be a (laughs) 10-year-long episode. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh,
2: You want to go in reverse order?
0: Um, sure. So starting with Lesh, then me, then Bradley?
2: I was thinking starting with you, and then Bradley, and then me.
0: Okay, that's fine. Cool will do that. All right, so my number 10 came out in november of 2010 so right at the very beginning oh. of the decade and it is call of duty black ops ah, okay i thought it had a very interesting campaign zombies was an awesome game mode really fun to play with friends i hated playing it by myself because <laughs> i'm not that great at first person shooter mm-hmm. games and i just kind of liked running around and doing my best even though it wasn't very good and my friends would do way better than me and we'd survive <laughs> and also all the dlc were maps so it wasn't like, hey, you can get new armor and weapons as DLC, pay for it. It's like, hey, you actually get good gameplay for paying extra for your DLC. You're getting hours of gameplay in these new maps. So Call of Duty Black Ops was my number 10.
2: So in uh, in Christmas of uh, 2010, uh, I got uh, Call of Duty Black Ops and another game that's in my top 10. Um, but the the funny thing with Black Ops is like, I feel like it was overshadowed by this other game. And that's the one that I really... I want them to like remake it or remaster or something because I I really want to like replay it. I just my PS3 is dead, so I can't. But um, yeah, like that's the that's the one Call of Duty game I feel like that got away from me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, it was honestly for me it was the last Call of Duty game I played and enjoyed and owned. I haven't played any Call of Duty games since then, actually. But also, that's just I'm not very good at first person shooters, and they're not my favorite (laughs) type of game. So
1: fair enough. Yeah, Call Call of Duty Black Ops 1 is not really my personal favorite COD, but it's definitely up there. It's probably my top three. Um, Cool. So I can completely agree with you. It's a great game. It was a lot of fun to play with friends, and it was just a great time.
0: Awesome. So I guess we're moving on to Bradley now.
1: Okay, so my number 10 is a not really old game. It's kind of towards the end of the decade, Um, but it's Kingdom Hearts 3.
0: Oh, I really
1: enjoyed playing it. It was nice. It was almost a nostalgia trip uh, playing mm -hmm. most of the game. Um, which is probably why I liked it so much. Um, but going back and just visiting all these different Disney worlds and having a lot of fun and just kind of remembering back when I would sit on like my old PlayStation and play Kingdom Hearts one and mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts two. So, so yeah, I gotta put I gotta put Kingdom Hearts three because yeah, it was just a really fun game. It was great mechanics, a lot of cool. Seeing all the new, seeing all the old cartoons and animation, and then all the new ones with like Frozen and stuff was awesome. So. That one's my number 10.
3: Which world was your favorite?
1: In oh man, probably, um, dang, I don't know if I can pick. <laughs> That's a difficult topic. Um, probably Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Because I, cool. I just, that one was like my favorite through all of them. Oh, yeah, Whenever yeah. you could go to the Nightmare Before Christmas I was like, I'm going to that one. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, so my, cool. uh, number 10. Well, before oh. you say
1: that, can I one thing yeah.
0: about that? Um, here's a big reveal i've never played any kingdom hearts games but i've heard really good things (laughs) about them and just hearing you talk about it makes me want to pick one up so that that's pretty cool i've like i said i've never played one but it sounds really interesting so
1: yeah i would say pick up three i mean it's probably the biggest of all of them it's got a lot of the new age movies and pixar movies but then it's also got the old classics and stuff so i'd probably recommend cool so you can start
0: like on a three
1: it's not you don't have to go in order it has a story, so yeah, maybe you do want to start with one. But okay.
2: I've I've been told that the story is so confusing, though. That, it's, it like, is pretty it doesn't confusing story. Matter, so. Like where you start. I mean,
1: you can pay attention throughout time, but then they've released all the like the DS games yeah. and all those ones. So you're like, oh. oh, I don't know what happened in this one because yeah. I didn't play it. But so uh-huh. okay, so if, well, I'll check out one of them. Yeah. So
2: all right, so cool. Uh, my number ten. So I'm gonna take us back to 2014. All right. <laughs> Time traveling back, and I had made uh, a goal in 2014 that I wasn't gonna kind of burn through all my video games. That I was gonna like you know take my time and really like digest everything. And then, and then, I got a game called The Wolf Among Us, Telltale okay. game, yep. and I totally did not do any of that. I played through one episode <laughs> uh, that the day I got it, and I was like, you know what? And no, I'm gonna I'm gonna behave, and I'm gonna play just one episode a day. Next day, I blasted through the rest of the four episodes. Yeah, I know. I, I, I loved, I loved Wolf of Life. I stayed up all night and blasted through it. Um, I, I was so disappointed when they canceled the second season. And then at the Game Awards, when they announced it, I was like, I was like losing my mind. I was, um, I was so happy. Um, yeah, a- awesome story. Um, I, I loved Big B. Um, yeah, just, I just love those, just love those characters. Yeah, my favorite Telltale game. But no, cool. oh, I shouldn't say by far.
3: I like on once, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. By far
2: when cool. they have The Walking Dead telltale. Right, I was, I was about to say by far and then I remembered Walking Dead. I was like, ooh, ooh maybe, not, maybe not by
0: far. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. All right, so moving on to number nine. My number nine came out in October of 2013 and it is by far the most unique game I've ever played and that is The Stanley Parable.
2: I think that was
3: going
0: to be on um, your somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, there's endless possibilities in this game. And the coolest thing about this game is it's purely a single-player game, but it's so fun to play with friends. So you take a friend who's never played the Stanley Parable, you throw him a controller or the keyboard and mouse, and you say, go for it. And they say, what do I do? You, go for it. <laughs> and you just watch what they do and see the interactions they make. I remember when I was first introduced to this game, it was with James Erath. And um, he showed me this game, and he said, just play. And I went into the room where the telephone was, And he was expecting me to either walk out of the room or pick up the phone. And I unplugged the phone from the wall. And he was like, I didn't even know you could do that. (laughs) And it's just really funny seeing the interactions with people. To see all the different things you can do. And it's kind of like a create your own adventure story. And you just go and do whatever you can. There's so many different endings to the game. And so many wacky things that can happen. It's funny, fun, and... I don't know, I just really like it. definitely deserves a list on my top ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, I seen videos of it i've never personally gotten to play it but i've obviously a lot of youtubers have done walkthroughs, and mm-hmm. it does look really interesting to me whenever i get the chance and there's not any like i get kind of bored of the games i'm playing right now i'll probably give it a chance and see what it's like because i mean yeah it's always looked really fun i always like to kind of create your own adventure games so i remember playing at your place josh yeah it
2: was, yeah it was fun <laughs> i remember you telling me to do certain things i was like oh great what's he gonna lead <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> All right, and I'll kick it to you, Bradley. All right, so my number nine is a—it's uh, part of a series, obviously. I, most of mine, <laughs> most of mine have sequels, um, <laughs> but this is—it's uh, Dark Souls Two. I'm a big cool. Dark Souls fan. I like a lot of those challenging games. Like uh, I enjoyed uh, Sekiro because I thought it was really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dark Souls Two is probably the standout one because it's the one that introduced me to the series. Um, it came out in 2014. Uh, it's not for people who are just casual gamers. You it has a certain setting that's not easy and then you can make it harder, but there's no, there's no easy or anything like that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just used to play it for hours. I used to do different run throughs, challenge run throughs, try not to use any of the bonfires, tried to use weapons that nobody ever used. So it was a great game. I thought it was really fun. And yeah, if anybody likes challenging games, the dark soul series is a great one to go with. (laughs) Cool. All right.
2: So my next one, number nine, um, I think it was uh I think April of two thousand sixteen and uh my cousin he downloaded a uh the Overwatch beta and <laughs> I was just like, dude, you're you're playing Overwatch and he's like, You dude download it and I'm like let's play together and I was like, Okay and I got like super hooked on it. I remember I was playing as Hanzo and uh literally like I got I think the um uh, play the game like four games in a row because I always just went behind the enemy team and just use my ultimate and just like destroyed a bunch of them. And I was like, dude, this is so easy. It wasn't Reaper <laughs>
1: I said it wasn't Reaper. Just... Well,
2: I did Reaper like when the actual game came out So when Overwatch actually came out, I got like really really hooked on it literally that whole summer up until it was probably like a good year I was hooked on overwatch for like I had to go um actually Rocket League's not on here, that'd probably be my runner-up, we'll talk about that later, but, like, over, Overwatch became that game where it's like, I had to play at least one game a day, like, if I hadn't played that day, I was before I went to bed, I had to play one game, um, I was just, I, for a whole year, I was, like, really hooked on that game, I just found out, uh, I was playing a couple of days ago, um, I have 400 hours in Overwatch, which I think is the most I have in any game, I think, um, that's a lot yeah so yeah 400 <laughs> hours Overwatch. i just love those characters um and i think the cool thing is that even though there isn't like a story i love how blizzard um kind of they do like those animation shorts yeah and the trailers, and yeah, the yeah, trailers. like i really think good. i think those are always like fit, like great quality so like even though there isn't a story like i still feel like kind of like involved in what's going on in that universe so um yeah i um i play the tanks team Reinhardt all the way um, that's what that's
1: Reinhardt and then my when I Yeah, played. yeah,
2: yeah, always yeah, uh, yeah. The t- the takes are the best. Um, and then oh, but but Mercy, but Mercy is my is my bay, So let's just listen I never play as her, but she's bae Okay. Um. Yeah. Overwatch
0: number nine. Cool, and I guess that kicks back to me, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, my number eight came out in April of two thousand eleven, and it's a good game. But really, the reason it's on this list is to pay homage to the game that came before it. It's a sequel to a great game, and this game is Portal 2. Oh, okay. Um, I loved Portal, but unfortunately, it did not come out in this past decade. It came out <laughs> in the one before, and I had to find a way to put Portal on this list, so I put Portal 2. And Portal 2 is really fun because it's a continuation of the really fun puzzles, and Portal 2 made them even more fun because it added multiplayer, where each player has a different portal, or you can both have a regular portal gun, which is cool too. Um, and it was also actually a good continuation of the story that took place in Portal. Kind of a, a wacky, funny, but still kind of s- serious at points story of what's going on in this training facility. So, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. And that's Portal 2, my number eight.
1: Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, Portal 2 was a great game. Yeah. I loved the comedy and the jokes and the clips. It was great. I just...
0: <laughs> the potato. Yeah. <laughs> potato.
1: The birthday cakes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, My number eight uh, is my—it's the only MMO game I have on here, Um, and it's my favorite MMO game. Uh, It's The Elder Scrolls Online.
0: I know it's not the Mm. most
1: popular MMO RPG. Everybody says obviously World of Warcraft, and I mean I'm a big fan of World of Warcraft, but um, I love the Elder Scrolls series. I love the lore and the stories behind it. And when they announced that they were creating an MMO where you could kind of go on your own path, and you can choose different like characters and decide if you want to tank or heal or deal damage. I was like, I'm getting this. I don't care. <laughs> it's like, I don't care what people say. And, I mean, it's an Elder Scrolls game. Started off really buggy. Had a <laughs> lot of issues, but it's aged really well. Um, it's got one of the highest player bases it's ever had right now, still, when it came out six years ago. So, yeah, it's I go back into it. I log on to it all the time. When new expansions come out, I go in and do trials and dungeons. So, it's still one of the games nice. that keeps my attention.
0: Cool. Cool. I was actually really interested in Elder Scrolls Online. I'm just not a big um, online player um, <laughs> when it comes to first-person shooters or when it comes to um, MMORPGs. Um, but I have always been intrigued by it because I, too, love Elder Scrolls. So.
2: All right. My number eight. I'm going to take us back to 2013. Uh now so okay let me be clear that i think because this game is so i think i think this might anger some people that it's that look that it's this low on my list Um uh, if anything i think this shows that like this past decade has been really good for video games um number eight i put the last of us um i think it's the first i think one of the first games where i was like oh my gosh like it's a video game, but like, it's just like quality-wise, it's just so amazing. Like the story, the characters, the music, um, the the gameplay. Like it's suspenseful, it's thrilling. Like it's, oh man, the the ending is great. Like I'm so excited for part two. Um, and can't can't wait to see where they're gonna take the story. Um, it, it was like it was one of the first games where I was like, wow, like games can be like mature things. Like that's that's
1: cool. So <laughs> yeah, last, last I put Last of Us in number eight. Yeah, I mean it's a great game. It's. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do like a game, like vote game of the decade kind of oh, right. situation. Because yeah, yeah. if they did, they, I feel like yeah, Last of would Us would there. definitely yeah. be. I mean, there'd be some contenders, but right. I feel like if they actually looked at like some of the most impactful moments in mm-hmm. gaming in the last ten years, yeah, yeah Last of Us. Like the and scene. just even and watching, film, yeah. even just watching the reaction when they announced Last Part of Us Two, two. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, at E three, and they, they, you saw the trailer oh, yeah. and people cheered, people screamed. So yeah, I mean, it's a great game. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think yeah, Naughty Dog's is a fantastic developer, so I think it just just shows how like how great they are, you yeah, know, for sure. at developing. So
0: cool. All right, so I guess that moves on to my number seven. Yeah, it will stay in the year of 2013, All April right. to be specific, where I will talk about the first mobile game on my oh. list actually. So oh. this was *Injustice: Gods Among Us*. Oh,
3: oh nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mobile game. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. At this time, um, I did not have my gaming PC, and before my gaming PC, um, the newest console I had was a Wii, and before that, a PlayStation 2. So I did not have a, a way to play, like, AAA title games at this time. And so I was playing them on my phone. Injustice Gods Among Us Mobile was quite different from the one that was available um, to play on, I think, PS4 at the time, was it? Mm-hmm. And Xbox One. Or three i don't remember anyway <laughs> on on <laughs> on actual consoles but it was my introduction to gacha games and the gameplay was okay not great but the collecting characters was really fun to me i really liked the idea of games where you can like collect things like trophies and such but you got to actually fight with the characters that you collected so it was really cool and i played this game every single day for years so i had a lot of fun with it <laughs> i don't play it like, at all anymore, but for several years, it was, like, my go-to game when I was bored and needed to do something on my phone when I was out and about places. So, my number seven was a mobile game, Injustice Gods Among Us.
1: I mean, yeah, no, I I agree. It was a great game. I had a lot of, I mean, I had Injustice, the actual regular fighting game, Mm -hmm. but I loved playing the mobile game on my phone, and like you said, collecting the cards and completing some of the challenges where you would get, like, crazy tier cards, like, cards you could get Red Sun, Superman, and yeah, oh yeah, really and you
0: can like they had synergy too, which was cool. Yeah. Like Red Sun, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and Grundy, and Green Lantern. If you used them on the same team, you would get bonuses. So it was strategic.
1: Yeah, it was a great game. I really enjoyed playing it, even for like how simple it was to play when you actually would fight. So
0: Injustice made yeah literally me, tapping and swiping.
1: Injustice one made me like a fan of Aquaman. Like his
2: like his <clears throat> ultimate thing where he like he like puts you in like a shark's mouth. Yeah, it's so cool. I was
0: like,
1: "Oh man, so cool!" <laughs> like, so cool, dude. Okay, so I'm done. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So my number seven. Uh, I don't know if it's on anybody else's list, but I feel like this was a pretty important game of the decade. Um, it was Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh. Uh,
3: oh sh- <laughs> my bad. Uh, Sorry. It, <laughs> it also it also
1: came out in twenty thirteen. Um. But. Uh. Yeah, man. I mean. Um, a lot of people play, played that game when it came out, and then they released Grand Theft Auto Online, and people still play that game until today. People play the role-playing modes, and there's heists. They added so much cool stuff. I feel like at this point, they're adding a lot. There's If you go into the game now, you're like, what's happening? Um, but it's a great game. I, I think it really showed like how good of a developer... I mean, they've always been a great developer, but it really showed how like um, amazing Rockstar is at creating open world kind of games that people could just run around through and have fun
2: i'm still amazed how they were able to get that like on ps3 and 360 right? oh yeah, <laughs> Back, like, yeah. It was, they were so old already
1: yeah it's ridiculous and then, I mean, I, but the following year oh yeah then, is then when it the, new generations it. Right. Came, the new yeah, generation right the new generation came out and they just bumped it up
2: yeah I, I will say that um i totally forgot about gta 5 <laughs> i don't have time to really update the list so wolf among us is out so gta <laughs> gta is in it now okay um so there's you that say it's there's your that. honorable mention. yeah that's my honorable mention we don't have to talk about it anymore because <laughs> we just talked about
0: it but yeah no yeah, yeah. I, I love
2: gta5 <laughs> that kind of went on replay. it.
0: yeah
1: but that's all i have to say for you
2: all right so that was seven right We're yes. on number seven? all right so no- yep. uh, number seven i put um i'm gonna take us to 2018 uh a week before many people know i'm like a crazy marvel fan right i'm like addicted to the mcu i'm gonna take us a week before avengers infinity war came out so i'm like you know i'm like just crazy not stop thinking about marvel you're probably thinking how could any video game like just distract lesh long enough um before infinity war came out and a game did and it was god of war the twenty eighteen God of War. I, I hated Kratos in the original games. <laughs> I, I like I could not I was like, why do people like this guy? And then I played the 2018 God of War and I was like, okay dude, you're like you're you're pretty you're pretty awesome. Um, I still remember um yeah yeah playing it. I think I played it in like I'm trying to remember how how long it took. I think it took me like three or four days to get through the story um but it was just man like just the feeling of like just swinging those blades around and the axe and oh my like like the axe like it comes back to you like you, you felt like <laughs> thor like playing that game it was oh man just the, the gameplay was so cool uh atreus was such a great uh supporting character um i'm like i'm i can't wait to get my hands on like a sequel to that game because i really want to fight thor like so badly i want to <laughs> fight thor that'd be such a cool fight um yeah, cool. uh, yeah, So I put God of War at number seven on my list. Probably another game that I think probably people might think should be higher, but um, it's not. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean, but it's I, really good. <laughs> I, love, I love God of War. I love yeah. the whole series. It was a great yeah. game. Uh, yeah. I mean, I spent days playing it when oh, it came yeah. out. I was like, I was like, I have to beat yeah. this. I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. have to beat it. I have to keep playing it. Watching uh, Norse mythology. I mean, I love I love all mythology. So mm-hmm. watching uh, after spending so many years following, like, Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm glad they kind of shook seeing it up. So Norse we mythology Norse. was awesome. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I can agree with that. It was a great yeah. game. Game of the year 2018. Oh, yeah.
0: A... <clears throat> cool. Very cool. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about the God of War games in general.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great series.
3: Yeah.
0: Cool. All right, so moving on to my number six. It's actually a game from early in the decade, September 2010. And it's a game that yeah. we've reviewed on the podcast before. And that is Amnesia the Dark Descent. Nice. Um, I love the setting, which is like the early 1800s um, Europe horror type. And it's a fantastic immersion. I love like how there's like an insanity meter. And if you look at the uh, look at the dark or hear weird sounds for too long without going into the light and like into open spaces, um, you actually like start to shake and your vision becomes blurry and like your character can fall over, which can put you in danger. So it's not just health, but sanity um and it's really cool to have that type of immersion and like you can't just like open a door by clicking on the door and walking through i've never actually played with controller before so i don't know what it's like but with keyboard and mouse you get to click on the door handle and drag it open or closed, which um is really tough when your vision is blurry and your character is shaking because there's a monster nearby <laughs> and you're trying to hide in a cupboard so it makes things much more immersive and it's honestly the best horror game that i've ever played
2: that was a really fun um
1: getting to play that for the podcast yeah, I had a good yeah. time playing Amnesia. Yeah, I mean, I I played it mm-hmm. a long time ago, um, when PewDiePie was playing. Yeah, yeah. when, when <laughs> yeah. PewDiePie yeah. was <laughs> first getting really big and out there, I saw him play Amnesia, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try this game. It looks, <laughs> it. but yeah, I mean, it was very simplistic, old kind of style horror game, but great horror game. I mean, yeah. very, very memorable. I mean, it's on your top ten, so it's, yeah, and I. I would wish they would be like, hey, we're making a new one, because, like, it would be great (laughs) to play another one.
0: They made a sequel, Machine for Pigs, but I've never played it.
1: No, I didn't even know that they made a sequel.
0: Yeah, I don't know how it is. I heard it's not as good, but with how good Amnesia was, not as good doesn't mean much, you know, it could still be really good. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But I haven't played it yet. I'm actually replaying through Amnesia the Dark Descent with Sydney, and then I want to play through Machine for Pigs with her the first time, you know, after we finish the Dark Descent, so... And with that, I'll kick it to Bradley for his number six. Yeah.
1: Okay, so my number six is uh, another one kind of towards this end of the decade. Um, it's uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I'm a big fan of the Assassin's Creed games, but I I liked what they started with Origins mm-hmm. and then built on with Odyssey, the more kind of open world, play how you want to, mm-hmm. use what you want to um, style. And I know a lot of people are like, it's not that Assassin's Creed, <laughs> it's, it's the like the diehard o- mm-hmm. original fans and stuff they're like oh no this is, I'll never play that it shouldn't even be called Assassin's Creed but I don't know I played Assassin's Creed 1 when it first came out and played all the games bottom right when they came out and I can still look at Odyssey and say that I love it as an Assassin's Creed game and it's one of my favorites
2: I have a feeling uh, we're going to have a long discussion about Assassin's Creed Odyssey no <laughs> it, it didn't make my I,
0: yeah, it didn't
2: make my top 10 um, really but uh it would yeah, it's definitely a runner up. Um, yeah, I really think that like um like you hear people talk about like the whole like Ezio, like that was like the golden age of Assassin's Creed. Honestly, I I think is way better than any of the Ezio games in my opinion. Um like I think I think they really um, I think the the series is kind of in its prime right now. I think, yeah, like, they started off great with Origins, kind of revamping it, and then Odyssey came, and they just made it even better. Like, I can't wait to see where they're going to go next. Um, I love Cassandra. Cassandra, love you. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it just it just barely missed it for me. But, yeah, lo- love that game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um- it's funny that you say, "Oh, I love Cassandra," because I played as Alexios. So when you say I love Cassandra, <laughs> I'm thinking of the character that you see as Alexios. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I played as Alexios um, as yeah. well as mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you said it's not on your list, and you talked a bunch about it. Yeah. So all I'm going to say is I'm I'm going to wait a few okay, items before perfect. I talk about it. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs>
2: so. <laughs> oh yeah. So me. Um, so my number six. I'm going to take us to um, summer of. Uh, i was gonna say this year no that's for 2020 now i'm gonna take us the summer of 2019 um I, this past year it was my game of the year got really into uh fire emblem three houses i talked to it i've talked a bit about it on the podcast before um i i hadn't played a i have my switch i hadn't played a switch game in it feels like forever and then fire emblem came out i've never played a fire emblem game before um but I, i've always heard like these great things about the series and so I was like okay I have to pick I have to try this game out and I made the mistake of putting on permadeath so all my units (laughs) could die and so I got to the final I think boss of my original playthrough couldn't beat it because everyone was dead and I had one unit left and I'm like well there's no way in hell I can do this with one guy and so I was like okay do I love this game enough to restart everything And play it again and I was like you know what yeah I do so I I replayed the entire (laughs) thing um I think I have like I think it's 150 hours now into Fire Emblem but I restarted I went through a different um uh like there's like different paths you can take so I did a different path just to kind of mix things up um and I really want to go back and uh do the other paths but no yeah I I loved that game um loved all the characters uh yeah it was a lot of fun a lot of fun this year or this past 2019
0: with that game so yeah cool and i Team guess Metal guard. Throws, Team Metal guard black eagles <laughs> i guess that throws to me number five my number five is my second mobile game on the list and my last mobile game on the list it um released in japan on january 2015 and released in the rest of the world globally july of 2015 and um it is another gacha game the best gacha game i've ever played and it is dragon ball z dokkan battle um got really into this game yeah I, I got into this game a little under a year ago i think i'll reach you get like login rewards for like each day that you play and i'll get my 365 login days or whatever in i think a week or two so i've been playing for almost a year And um, the developers are very, very kind to -to free-to-play players for people who don't want to spend money on the game. The main currency is Dragonstones, and you can buy Dragonstones to do your summons on the banners to get new characters. But they also give away so many free Dragonstones that you can be a successful free-to-play player and have fun with it um, without spending any money. Character collection is really fun. There's many different versions of many characters that work on many different types of teams. So you can actually have like five different versions of the same character and use them on five different teams. And unlike Injustice Gods Among Us, the gameplay is actually fun. So I think that's part of the reason why I'm enjoying it more than I did Injustice. But also, it's a much newer game than Injustice is. So. And there's always updates all the time. So cool. that is my number five.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> my number five is the only mobile game I have on my list. Um, it came out in July 2016. Uh, and... I don't know if Lesh is going to be like, I didn't think of that one, Uh, but it's Pokemon Go. (laughs) Oh, I didn't think of that. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, I mean, I grew up watching the cartoon. It was great. I played all the old Game Boy games, as many as I could. Um, I got to the point where, obviously, I stopped watching it, and so Mm. I think I'm at that point in Pokemon Go now where I don't recognize any of the Pokemon. Yeah. Um, but it was great. I mean, it got so many people out and about playing the game. Uh, people I know who don't even play Pokemon or didn't watch the show were out playing it cause they just saw how fun it was to get out. And I think it was a new twist on, on games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's games out there that have been out that are, that are like that for quite a mm-hmm. while, but just uh, a game that influences you to go out and yeah. explore and, but be safe at the same time, get some exercise. Don't just sit in your room and look at your TV all the time. Um, I think it was a really cool thing. And I, I Love that they did Pokemon, but yeah, that's the only one mobile game on my list. But I think I think it was a pretty good one.
2: I I don't think there's gonna be anything like it again. Like those first like two months of Pokemon Go, like we're we're never ever gonna see that again. And like it makes me so sad, but also like look like those oh man, those were such a great that was such a great summer when Pokemon Go was out, and like literally just everyone was playing it. So
0: cool. Do you remember that um, the the first school year it was out, like everybody on campus oh, yeah. was playing? Yeah, it. yeah,
2: it was it was it, ridiculous.
0: It was a very unique concept yeah. for a game, and um, it's kind of a shame that there weren't any similar games to come after mm-hmm. it. Because it, you know, it, it's pretty typical for a game to come out and it for for it to fade away. Mm-hmm. So it's a shame that there's no other games that are similar that kind of take its place and keep passing on the torch. I remember of that style.
2: I remember the first day. After it was out, my sister and I were, like, really into it. And then my mom, uh, we were both home because it was, like, it was over the summer and everything. And my mom wanted me to go to the mall for something. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to the mall with you so I can catch some Pokemon, right? And my sister was like, oh, I think I'll sit this one out, you know. Um, and, of course, I go to the mall and I catch a uh, wild uh, Dragonair. So not even a Dratini. I caught a, <laughs> I caught a freaking Dragonair. I still have that Pokemon. <laughs> and I, like, rubbed it in her face like, oh, look what you missed out on. I caught I caught a wild one. She was so it's like that's funny
0: my sister and i don't hang out a lot um and like don't always get along Mm -hmm. but like when it first came out we went like i was like hey melissa do you want to go on a walk we can go to the park and play pokemon go and she was like, sure. And my mom was like, Why are my children doing <laughs> things together? This is great. I like this game.
2: I think I walked like ten miles like the first like day or two of <laughs> that. It was <laughs> ridiculous. Like, I was just walking around the neighborhood. My mom was like, I've never
1: seen Lesh this active before. <laughs> yeah. Well it was like you wanted to hatch those eggs. Yeah. Well the big thing was like that was one of my favorite things about it. Is, like I got my mom into playing it. Yeah. Like and she My mom never, got into it too. Yeah. Like she, she was like, I remember Pokemon when you were younger, but I have no right. idea. And but she got so into it, she continued playing it after I slowed down and stopped. She she still wants to, she's always like, let's go to the lakefront and play. And I'm <laughs> like I'm like, I can't do that right now. <laughs> but it's so great. I, I thought that was always awesome because it was just a really cool way to just go out and have her kind of become interested in something oh, I yeah, liked yeah. as a kid. So <laughs> yeah, that was one of That's the cool, cool things about it.
2: All right. So I'm gonna take us to uh actually we we're, we're gonna stick with uh, summer twenty sixteen. Um, it was, I had just finished, um, at my year or at my semester at Stetson. So I was, I was at home for summer and there was a game that came out obviously. And I remember I didn't have a car yet. So I took my dad's bike and I biked to the game, to the local GameStop and about halfway there, my, I got a flat tire on my bike <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this is not good Instead of going back, I was like, you know what? No, I need to get this game. So I called my sister's boyfriend, had him pick me up, and the bike. He brought the bike, too. And he took me to GameStop and then drove me back to my house. And you're probably thinking, what what game did Lesh get? I'll tell you what I got. I got Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. I'm a massive Uncharted fan. That's my favorite (laughs) video game series of all time. Nathan Drake is, like, my bro. Like, I love Nathan Drake so much. And I was like, there's no way... I am missing the conclusion to his story. I am getting this day one and I'm playing it all the way through in one sitting, which I did. I'm still proud of that. Literally, I played multiplayer the next day with my cousins and they're like, oh, yeah, I just finished chapter two. And I'm like, yeah, well, I beat it already. So in your face. Um, yeah, no, I think it was an awesome conclusion um, to uh, Nathan Drake's character Um I don't think it's the best Uncharted game, but I do think it's like pretty close with Uncharted Two. Um, I just I do think it went over a little over long, but as a massive Uncharted fan, it would be a crime not to have it on my top ten. So Uncharted Four.
0: It cool. I gotta say,
2: I'm a- number five.
0: I am also a member of the gave Lush a ride to GameStop <laughs> club. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember but what was- I got when i don't remember i don't oh, know I, no, I remember
2: what it was it was uh it was one of the tomb raider games i remember another adventure thing
0: oh yeah and i remember like <laughs> the, i stole the van at the time and it you know it was old and having problems and i was like i don't know if i need oil or not and you're like i don't know if you're joking or not and i was like i'm not joking <laughs> oh yeah yeah because it leaked oil <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah now i case. have the truck
0: things are much better so
2: No, yeah and i have a car so that also makes it a lot yeah. better
0: <laughs> now you call yourself to give yourself rights, right, to Exactly. <laughs> Alright, so um moving on to number four. My number four is actually Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh nice. Came out in October of twenty seventeen. This was my real true introduction to Assassin's Creed. Um I had never played Assassin's Creed before except this one example I'm going to give a long time ago, like when Assassin's Creed 2 first came out, um a friend was playing it and I came over to his house to hang out and he was like, Oh, let me finish this level or whatever I don't remember exactly but he he wanted to finish like a mission or a level or something before we started to go hang out and I watched him play it and that was all the experience I had with Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed until Assassin's Creed Origins came out and I played it um I really enjoyed the quasi-RPG elements I really liked how it was not all fast-paced a lot of it was sit plan take out enemies one at a time stealthily. I really enjoy that. And that's my favorite part of Assassin's Creed to this day is that I can take 10 minutes of just like scoping an area out and deciding how I'm going to take everybody out. And I think that's really cool. And the DLC actually added more to the interesting story. And the discovery tour was a really cool idea. And, um, I don't know if it ever really took off in the educational sphere, but I thought it was a really cool idea.
2: I know they did bring back the Discovery Tour for uh, Odyssey. I haven't tried it yet, but
0: um, I haven't tried it either.
2: Um, it was funny because I remember when Assassin's Creed Origins come out, uh, came out, and I got the game, and then uh, I was playing it like all day. And then my roommate, uh, I was still at uh, college at the time. He left to like, go to his classes or something. Comes back like hours later. He's like. Lesh, are you still playing that game? And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I am. No, yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I loved Origins. Uh, I loved Bayek. Um, yeah, I, thought it was, I thought it was a fantastic game. That was great. I, lo- I love how they made the, the combat a little harder because I think um, with Assassin's Creed, I think Syndicate was the one before that one. I think the combat was a little too easy um, still, yeah. still love Syndicate, but yeah, I think I think Origins really kind of stepped it up, and yeah, like what you're saying with the RPG elements, I thought that was a great addition. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I liked how like there was a lot of like even the side quests, some of them were emotional. Yeah, and some were just really cool. Like they were really good, and like there was that one where that little girl died. Oh yeah, and you you had to go like retrieve her body from the lake. Oh and yeah, yeah, Help her mom find the killer, and it was like, oh man, that was. Intense. I still remember
2: like doing that mission, and being like, oh my god, what what am I yeah.
1: doing? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that was my number four, Origins.
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, my number four uh, is a game I played for a really long time. Um, came out in 2014. Uh, I play the sequel now, um, but I had to put the first one on it because mm-hmm. I think it's just... The first one was just a lot better. But it's Destiny. Um, yeah. I still play Destiny 2 till to this day. Uh, but Destiny 1, I mean, both games had a really rough start, uh, but I... Loved how Destiny One turned around and the the expansions that came out and the storytelling um, and the lore that's come with it. I spent hours reading grimoire cards from Destiny One. I spend hours whenever I find new lore in Destiny Two, going over mm-hmm. it and reading it and connecting it to the old parts and stuff. Um, it's just a really good game. I mean, it kind of uh, combines first person shooter with sci fi, fantasy, and magic and mm-hmm. superpowers and so and the future so i i just really love it it's a great game and i think it no matter how long the series goes Mm -hmm. i'm going to continue playing it and i think i just i think it's mostly because of how great and and destiny one was
2: yeah i I got really (laughs) into uh destiny one when it was first out and yeah i I definitely think that one of like the great things about that series is just like yeah the world building behind it like it's just such a fascinating kind of universe that you kind of want to learn more about you know um yeah, I think that's a good good pick.
0: I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I think it's really funny. When it was first announced, a bunch of people were like, oh, it's just going to be a ripoff of Halo. This game's going to suck. No one's going to like it. And then it became super popular, yeah. and <laughs> like everybody talks about it. So that's really cool. All
2: right. My number four is... uh, Oh, okay. So I'm going to take us to 2015, summer 2015.
3: <laughs> Ooh! Um, yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> this this to this day, it, and don't get me wrong. I, I've come to the conclusion that I think I like the longer games because I feel like I can build more of like you know like a connection with the game. And this game, yeah, I know I remember we talked about before with like with Wolf Among Us. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do one episode a day, and I totally did not do that. With this game, I actually did that. I took it really slow and I spent that whole summer with this one game and it was The Witcher 3. Um I love that game so much. Um yeah, I, I basically spent that whole um 20 2015, right? I had it on here. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I spent that whole basically summer of 2015 just playing The Witcher uh arkham knight came out along that time i was like yeah i'll kind of play this on the side didn't really get invested into it as much witcher 3 was the one that i just kept coming back to every single day like i would i would do i, would, I was very strict with myself i was gonna do one story mission a day and so it really took me a long time to kind of get to the to the ending of it but oh man that game that game was not, i saw oh man this is one of my favorite stories i remember i went to ah oh, what city was it I forgot what city it was. But I went to a city, and there were these, like, uh, higher-leveled enemies, right? They beat the crap out of me, took my swords, and just, like, left me to die or whatever. And then, like, probably weeks later, um, I I went back to that city um, and found those guys that took my swords. And I beat the crap out of them (laughs) because I was higher-leveled. I'm, like, giving my stuff back. But then at that point, like, my swords were – I had way better, like, weapons at the time. But I was like, oh, man, the satisfaction of beating those guys up. Who beat me up? Oh man. It was so good, dude. It was so good.
0: That's fine. I love
2: that game. Team Triss. Nah, I like Jennifer too. And yeah, I'm serious too.
0: But right. Triss is the best. So- one. Sorry. <laughs> so my number three is early on in the decade as well. And um September 2010. It's really interesting because I actually played this game for the first time on my Mac on my little macbook pro which is a 2012 model so it's not fantastic good for its time but um let's see i got that refurbished one year later so i started playing this in 2013 um even though it came out in 2010 and that's sid meyer's civilization 5 or civ 5 for short cool i haven't played civ 6 yet i still play civ 5 <laughs> um it's an amazing strategy game um and it's very fun with friends or by yourself against the computer it's really fun to role play different like strategy styles and the dlc added more great mechanics and ways to play so i had a lot of fun with it and it's really funny left was like oh i had 400 hours in this game and i'm like wow because i was gonna um kind of brag about how much i played this game because i have over 150 hours and i thought that was a lot But I guess for me it is. We we talked about this a few episodes ago. The difference between like a gamer and someone who enjoys playing video games. It's not as much as. Where you're more I of a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where true. you're more of a gamer, I mean, and I'm um a person who plays video games. So I really enjoyed Civ Five. Yeah. And I still do to this day.
1: Cool.
0: And I'll kick it to Bradley with that.
1: Okay, so yeah, kicking off my top three, um, top three. from the beginning of the decade. Nice. 2010, uh, May, so kind of early in the year. Um, just had a sequel come out. It was uh, the original Red Dead. Oh, Red nice. Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the sequel, but I cannot say that I thought it was better than the original one. I loved Red Dead Redemption. It was great. It was a amazing storytelling, um, memorable characters, memorable moments. One of the my favorite DLCs of all time with the Undead Nightmare. Oh, yeah. um, and it was just great. I mean... It took them forever to release the sequel, but so many people were pumped up looking forward to the sequel because of how good the original Red Dead was. And I mean, I played it forever. I played multiple playthroughs. I loved playing the online with my friends, having a fun open world, running around being Wild West outlaws and stuff. Something you can't do nowadays. So, yeah, that's my number three is Red Dead Redemption.
2: First, uh, first double up. I also have Red Redemption at number three. Uh, that was the game that like got me into gaming. It's it's funny because when the game first came out, um, it obviously was rated M, and my parents were like really strict with having me play like games like rated yeah. M games. But I knew I knew my uncle. Like he's like. If you're listening to this, Tito, I, I know you're kind of a, like a goofball. Wouldn't really take things, doesn't really take things too seriously, right? And so I'm like, if I can get anyone to get me Red Redemption, it's him. <laughs> and so I, I love telling this story. I literally, like, he asked what I wanted for Christmas that year, 2010. I was like, I really want Red Redemption. And so he got it for me. I opened it up. I'm like, yes. And then my parents were like, "Are we gonna let him play this game?" And then my dad was like, well, "He has it already. Just let, play just, play <laughs> just let him play the game. Just let him play the game." I was like, "Yes, and yeah." That, that was that was the game that got me. Like into video gaming, um, yeah. I have so many great memories uh, playing the single player and multiplayer. Uh, that was actually the first game I actually like. I cried when John Marston died. Well, well um,
3: spoiler.
2: Uh, it's, it's so old <laughs> it's now. It's been ten years. It's been ten years. Um, and actually, another another fun thing that happened. I remember playing the multiplayer, and some guy threw a tomahawk at my head, and it didn't kill me. So the tomahawk just stayed, like, implanted (laughs) in my head. And so I I tried to play for as as long as I could that day, and I tried not dying for as long as I could. It was just so funny to have a tomahawk stuck, like, in the middle of my head. That's funny. It was awesome. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) All right, Josh, I'll pass it to you. I have
0: yet to play that
2: game. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, But I've heard a lot of good things, especially with Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out. Yeah. And... um, I don't have a lot of time for, like, long story games, which I know Red Dead Redemption is, yes? No, you're going to make time for it, Josh. Make time for <laughs> well, Red That's Dead what I too. was. that's what I was going to say, is, you know, <laughs> even, like, over Christmas break and during the school year, I don't have a lot of time for those types of games. So I'm thinking maybe this upcoming summer, yeah, checking it, it, it out.
1: Yeah. Do it, and then, sure. and then I'll come over and play with you, because I, mean, yeah, I would replay hey, the game. that sounds good. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely start with, uh, I mean, actually, I mean, you kind of start with either or.
0: Yeah, I think you could do either Red or, Dead, yeah.
1: Red Dead 2 is actually a prequel, because yeah. takes place beforehand. So you,
0: Maybe you, I'll start with the second one, kind of as, like, a we can all come on and talk about it and see, like, the differences in opinions of starting on the second one or starting on the first one. All right, so moving on okay. to <laughs> my number two. My number two is a callback to what Bradley said earlier. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is my number two. came out in of October one. of 2018. I'll just go over a quick few things about it since we already had a discussion. It is the best video game I have ever played since my number one pick, which we'll get to in a little bit. Okay. Um, it's a great RPG. It has great RPG elements while still maintaining the core Assassin's Creed elements. It felt like a mix between Assassin's Creed Origins and my number one pick, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, it has great mechanics, such as power-ups, which are really cool. And the bow—this sounds really silly, but the bow and arrow— is super easy to use and it's unlike some other games where it's like really difficult to control and i really enjoy using the bow and arrow in um assassin's creed odyssey because it's just so easy to use and fun to use and the dlc expands the story really well so that's why it's my number two pick yeah cool yeah
1: i I talked about it agreed it's a great game and yeah i completely agree
3: yeah all
1: right so my number two is a sequel so it's perfect it's Mm -hmm. number two and it's the second second game um but it's from one of my favorite (laughs) series of all time the uh the third game came out in september this past year and it's borderlands 2
3: Wow, Uh, probably
1: one of the most memorable villains and in in video games for me personally uh with handsome jack uh it's just a great game i mean uh the kind of initial like build to looter shooter video games where it's just like play the game kill a bunch of enemies get a bunch of cool guns (laughs) and keep playing the game um (laughs) And I just fell in love with it. I mean, I loved the original one, but obviously it came out before mm-hmm. 2010. Um, but I think Borderlands 2 was just, they learned the good from the first one and just expanded on it. They made a great game. They made a super memorable story, a great villain, a lot of cool characters, a lot of fun weapons. And I mean, people played it for seven years up until mm-hmm. Borderlands 3 came out. Um, I used to go back and play it all the time. I mean, I got the Handsome Collection when they released the Handsome Collection for the new generation of consoles. Um and so, yeah, I mean, definitely my number two is one of the games I can always go back to, and I've really enjoyed the third one so far as well. Which uh, uh percentage you pick for, for two? For two? Uh, my initial player was uh, Zero. Was the oh, original. Nice he's cool. probably the one I play the most as well. Whenever I go back and do like duo playthroughs mm-hmm. and team playthroughs with my friends, I always pick Zero. Nice. All right,
2: my number two. Cool. Oh, were you saying something, Josh?
0: Oh, I was just going to say, it's a game I've heard a lot about. I've only played the first Borderlands, and once, again, um, a lot of these games came out in the time where I did not have a console, and that's why some of, some of the early ones I've been playing on my computer um, after downloading them after a while, and I've played most of these like in the past two years. Mm-hmm. But um, Borderlands, I was never a fan of the art style. I know that's a big thing for a lot of people. A lot of people love that, and so that's really a matter of opinion thing. But um, I really like the whole thing of like the weapon system. Yeah, and I think it's really cool, like how randomized things are. Oh yeah, for so. sure.
3: Yeah. All
2: right, my number two is also a number two. <laughs> it's not Borderlands though. Um, I actually went with Red Dead Redemption Two for my number two. Um, some people like do like the first one more. Personally, I like the second one a
3: little bit better.
2: <laughs> um, I just I didn't think I was going to, but I I did. Uh, I really I really love the just the story. I actually I I cried also in the second game. Um, yeah, I just think it's honestly, if this was a, a list of what I think the best games are, I think Red Dead one and two would be my number one and two. Uh, there's just one game that, and I do think that the two Red Deads will, oh, literally, like as we were talking, I actually switched my top three <laughs> around a little bit. Um, <laughs> because I, I do think that the two Red Deads and then my number one game, they're just always going to be at odds with each other because I think there's just always like tomorrow it could be a different like literally like an hour ago I had the Red Deads up as like one and two. Um I, I do think they're the best games that I've played uh this decade and um yeah I always have fond memories of those games. I love Red Dead Redemption 2 a lot. I love the uh, Arthur Morgan. I love Sadie. I think um also that the story um I think really kind of gave more emotional uh wait to the first game i think playing towards the end you're kind of like oh wow like that's like oh no i have found memories no of the first game they're <laughs> like oh, i want to play the first game again too you know it's like yeah no yeah i, I loved red Dead. it's slower but i think um i i think with all the games now and all these kind of like i was playing spider-man around the same time as red dead 2 i think i kind of appreciated having it a little bit slower um so yeah red Dead redemption 2 is number two
0: cool and I guess that finally brings us to number one. Oh, man. So my number one was um, not difficult at all for me to choose. When Lesh came up with the idea, I think he came up with the idea like early 2019 for us to do yeah, this, right?
3: Yeah, I
0: think so. He said, we're going to pick a top 10 in each category, you know, like movies, video games, and TV and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, I already know what my number one video game is. <laughs> and then the the rest was coming up with everything else. <laughs> So my number one came out in November of 2011. Um, It is tied for the first spot for best game I've ever played. And it's actually tied with its predecessor. And the game is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. It is tied for best game I've ever played for me with Oblivion, which is The Elder Scrolls IV. Um, Skyrim is an amazing RPG. The RPG elements are almost as good as Oblivion. But it surpasses Oblivion in other areas, which is why they're kind of tied for me, um, where Oblivion was a better RPG when it came to the elements of that. Um, it's true open world, very expansive, and there's so much to do. And the main story is great, the Dragonborn versus Alduin, but you can do pretty much anything you want. You can join the Thieves' Guild, do the Dark Brotherhood. There's so many options, and that's why I really like it It's you could do so much with your character and you could play it ten thousand different times and do something different every time and have a different play style every time pick a different race there weren't classes in this game like there were in oblivion that's something oblivion has over this game but you can essentially create your own class deciding of what you want to do um then the dlc there's three dlc dawn guard was vampires and werewolves and a couple more ele- um different things you can like smith with like dragon bone so that was really cool an awesome dlc hearth fire came out um it was you can build houses and buy land i really hated that dlc i thought mm-hmm. it kind of sucked as a dlc but then dra- the dragonborn dlc came out and to me this was like the best part of skyrim um, a new story new locations new items new smithing materials i thought it was amazing um and the whole story with um going into the new plane of oblivion was really cool and i really enjoyed this game by far the best game of the decade for me, and by far one of the best games I've ever played. And also, uh, two more things: the lore of Elder Scrolls. Bradley touched on this earlier. The lore of Elder Scrolls is amazing. I watch YouTube videos on it all the time just because I find it so interesting. And then also, the one thing that has kept this game alive for nine years is the modding community mm-hmm. and all the amazing mods that people have released for this game. And New stories, like right now there's this thing called Sky Oblivion. if you haven't heard of it. People are remaking the whole game of Oblivion inside of the Skyrim engine to make it look good and run smoother. And then there's also things like Beyond Skyrim where they're working on trying to remake all of Tamriel inside of the Skyrim engine. I think it's really cool. Elder Scrolls V, best game of the decade for me. I can't wait for Elder Scrolls Six.
1: Yeah, I mean, you basically touched on all of it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm a big Elder Scrolls fan. Um, But the reason I picked online over Skyrim the back of my list is, like I said, I'm a much more MMORPG player at heart, so mm-hmm. any type of element like that added to it. I love RPG games, but the second they were like mass multiplayer online, I was like, I gotta play that one. It's good. But Skyrim was a great game. I went to the midnight release. I think it was the first midnight release of a game I ever went to, and I stayed up all night playing it. And I love playing that game. I, mean, I went and got the remastered edition, so yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. It's definitely in my top 15.
0: <clears throat> That's cool. I agree. Do you mind if I... Sorry, I was going to say, you go ahead, Lesh, and then I want to tell a little story, if you don't mind, after you Oh, I just said talk I agree. About it. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to tell a quick little story that's really funny. When I, so this was 2011. I was in high school at the time. And I had a friend who um, went to my church. And he also um, went to a boarding school. And so he was at home for short periods of time and then went off to his boarding school. And um, he had an Xbox 360. And I had a PlayStation 2 in a week. So I could have played newer games, but he, he could. And so he told me about this cool game coming out. I had never heard of Elder Scrolls before. He said it was called the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And he was like, we should play Oblivion, the game that came before it. So he downloaded Oblivion on his Xbox. We played it a bunch, and I really enjoyed it. And um, that's my first time playing it. And then Skyrim came out. So he got Skyrim for the Xbox. We played it. And he was like, I have to go off to my school. I can't take my Xbox with me. Will you babysit my Xbox? <laughs> so I took his Xbox for a month or two, and I played at home and i really enjoyed it and then he came back you know um he finished school up and then on my macbook pro which i was telling you about i decided to download a cracked version of skyrim so i could play it on my mac <laughs> it did not run well but i was playing skyrim on the go so i was <laughs> even though it didn't run well i really enjoyed it and then finally when i built my computer a couple years ago um i it's one of the first games i downloaded and played on there so I definitely have, I think I have like a hundred something hours of gameplay on this computer. But overall, I definitely have hundreds of hours of gameplay. So that's my quick little story about Skyrim. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I guess I'll kick it to Radley now for his number one.
1: Um, okay, so my number one is a double up. Sorry to been mentioned. Um, it is The Witcher Three. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Witcher series. I read the books. Um, I was super excited when they announced they were making a television series on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I. Uh, a lot of the games I love have that kind of fantasy element to them. Their magic and swords and blacksmithing and monster hunting and stuff like that is great. And I think The Witcher 3 just did an amazing job. Uh, it's a beautiful game. Its graphics are outstanding. It's got great storytelling. It's a lot like the Elder Scrolls series. It's got hundreds of hours of side quests where you can just get lost. You don't have to pay attention to the, mm-hmm. the main story. Um you can wander into areas that are higher level than you and it can either be a nightmare or it can create a pretty fun challenge of trying to take down people who you should not be fighting right Mm now um but yeah i mean came out in 2015 and i spent days and weeks and months and hours and hours hundreds of hours just playing that game doing all the side quests and i love the dlcs they made great dlcs um it's a beautiful story it's got so much lore behind it so much backstory all these different elements and And the fact that, like, there is stuff that you can kind of do differently each time you play, and it kind of alters the outcome of situations and relationships you have with other characters is just one of my favorite things about it, and I will always enjoy the, the game and can't wait for them to make more episodes of the show, and hopefully they make another one. All right, so the most important question, probably of this whole episode, who'd you romance? Um... I've done the different ones, but okay. I, I would probably say Triss is the one I like the yeah. most. Like, yeah, right. I think Jennifer's great. I think her purple eyes are beautiful. Every yeah. time I look at them, I'm like, purple <laughs> eyes. But Triss is always so much more fun and more relatable to talk to and stuff.
2: One of my friends, Ezra, if you're watching this, he romance both.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, sucker. Because <laughs> something, whatever, play the game if you haven't played it, and romance both and see what happens.
0: Um... That's another game that's on my list to play uh, over a summer when yeah, I have time. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've heard great things, and I, I know it's worth um, putting things aside to kind of take time with it.
2: The soundtrack too is also like amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. yeah okay, cool. Yeah, it's
3: also okay.
2: according to your witcher.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. So
2: <laughs> Okay, so um, to just to review, um, I did take out Wolf Among Us and put GTA Five in its place. Okay, so when I do that. Every single game on my list, I got day one, except for my number one, which is kind of crazy. I actually got it for 20 bucks on a PlayStation sale. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take us to 2017, all right? You guys think it's crazy that I have 400 hours with Overwatch, but I almost have that much with Persona 5. I absolutely adore that game because I just I love those characters so much and I think because it is so long I feel like like I've developed like, like I, I romance Makoto every single time okay like I'm just gonna make that like I've played that I'm about to finish my fourth playthrough of Persona 5 just because I want to play it again like I love it that much I, keep, I just want to replay it over and over again and I've romanced Makoto every single time um, yeah I just Oh man, I adore that game so much. Uh, I think part of the reason why I think I love that game so much is knowing that I only paid 20 bucks for it. So I'm kind (laughs) of like, dude, like, this was such a good investment. Like, this is ridiculous. I got um, the Persona 5 dancing game just because I love those characters so much. I'm like, am I going to pay 60 bucks for this dancing game? Heck yeah, I am. And I platinumed the dancing I still have the platinum Persona 5, but I'm, I'm willing to, I got the, um, I forgot what it I think it's like the Phantom Thieves edition for like the upcoming Persona Five Royal, which is basically the same game. They're just like updating it with like there's a new character and everything, and I'm just oh man. That that game is the best. And you can quote me on that.
0: <laughs> cool.
1: And I have the soundtrack downloaded on my phone. right uh, so any runner ups? Anybody got any honorable mentions that they want to talk about? Uh Probably not too many, Lesh, since you're shaking your head and smiling like that. I got one. Okay. I got one. And the, the only
2: reason why I'm I'm putting this as an honorable mention is I don't think the game is particularly amazing, but I just have like a really fun, like, it was kind of like a mini game type thing within the game that I enjoyed so much. <laughs> uh, Disney Infinity Marvel Superheroes. Okay. It was so awesome because there was this game mode where it was like, 50, you had 50 levels, right? And basically, you had all like your little figures or whatever, and you had to get through all fifty levels with all of your figures. the The thing is, is if your character died, it was out. So you had to get through all. It took like I think like three hours. And I probably did it like I think like five or six times. And I kid you not, I have little rocket here. He he was like he was like my golden like child basically. Like he got me through the end. It was awesome. I got to the end the first time I got to the end was with Elsa and I was fighting fighting Frost Giants and because she's ice and they're ice, I couldn't do anything to them. So <laughs> I died. Yeah.
0: Cool. I have one honorable mention and I don't know if it really counts because it's a remake of a game from like the nineties. And I haven't played the sure. remake. Bye-bye. I just played the game in the nineties. And I've just seen footage from the remake. I haven't actually played the remake <laughs> yet, and then, so okay, I'm really just saying I mean, that the game ahead, for the right, '90s is really good. That's, and that's uh, Spyro: The Reignited Trilogy, okay. just because okay, sure. the Spyro trilogy I played all the time on my PlayStation One as a kid, and it was like definitely one of my favorite games. Well, they just made the remaster, and so I'm really happy to see yeah. them like renewing the game. All
1: so right.
3: I mean, yeah. cool for sure. I would, yeah, I would, remasters always work. Yeah, um,
1: cool. I have two. Uh, I'm su- kind of surprised that Les didn't say it, uh, at least one of them, is uh, Marvel Spider-Man, the game. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, I
1: really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun playing it. It's definitely an honorable mention for my, yeah. probably like my number 12. Um, and then my number 11 is Fallout New Vegas. Um, so I, I mm. was a big fan of the Fallout series. Is that really this decade? 2010. Oh, it came wow. out at the same time as, uh, same Dang, year as Red Dead. wow. Um, wow. But, yeah, I mean, it was, I love the Fallout series, and I'm a big fan of Fallout 3, but I honestly think New, New Vegas is probably the best one they have made so far. Um, so, yeah, that's one of my other honorable mentions. Oh, uh, I'll cool just stuff. I'll
2: just say real quick, Odyssey was mentioned, that was an honorable <coughs> mention, and I love uh, Tomb Raider also, but sorry, Laura,
0: you didn't make it. <laughs> I was thinking about adding one of the Tomb Raider games, but they didn't make the cut for me. Yeah. But they're, they're a really good games, so. Honorable
1: mention. Okay. Yeah. Movie time. This is a difficult list. This This is the the one I had. I'm an avid video game player. I play tons of video games, but the movie list was the one I had the worst time with.
0: Yeah? It was so
1: hard. Just Just too many? Just narrowing all ten down.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Josh? Was this the hardest one for you? It was, for me, it was like, I knew what my top five were, and I knew what my top ten were. But I didn't know, like, what what, what the order. place any of them in. Yeah. See, and I, there were a few where I had to, like, make some cuts. I knew my, I,
1: I knew my number one and my number two, and that was it. I knew <laughs> what was there and what was going to stay. I
2: thought TV shows were going to be the tricky one, but I think it was movies for me, too. Like, yeah, it was getting the order down and, like, what to cut. And,
3: yeah.
1: Okay. So,
2: Bradley, you want to start this time?
1: Yeah, I can start this time. All right.
2: Um,
1: so, my number ten movie, uh, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It's got uh, – it has a sequel. It's got another one coming out soon. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It's the Kingsman movie.
3: Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, oh, that I was really good. I forgot it. about that movie. Uh,
1: a lot of cool action sequences. Really funny moments. Very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's comedic. And was a great movie. There's great, like, use of effects. Great fighting. So, yeah. That's my yeah, number no, 10. Nothing like it, I think. Yeah, like, for yeah, sure. Yeah like cuz i mean you when you thought when you saw it you're like oh it's going to be like a james bond movie yeah. but then there's like these really comedic right. moments that you're like okay that's not yeah. but so i think it was really memorable and uh, yeah it's definitely my number 10 cool
2: cool
3: all
2: right what? so uh my number 10 i'm going to take us to 2011 um i am a huge uh my number okay my number 10 is mission impossible uh, ghost protocol um People are probably like, why didn't you pick Fallout? I think I like Ghost Protocol better. Um, I saw it in uh, 2011. Uh, it was my first kind of introduction to that franchise because I hadn't watched the first. I have since gone back and watched the first three. Um, but I think what I loved so much about it was us all like the cool characters aside. It's like. Like, Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, I think, he'll make the movie even that much cooler. It's like, oh my gosh, like, he's literally, like, climbing the side of a building. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, so I, I loved kind of those um, kind of, like, effects, basically, and just knowing that he's doing his own stunts, I think, really makes the movie that much more impressive and suspenseful, and
1: yeah, still still one of my, my all-time favorites. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the the uh Mission Impossible series. I I really enjoyed watching Fallout. And yeah, yeah I mean finding out about some of the stuff that Tom Cruise oh, yeah. goes through and does when he yeah. makes those stunts is crazy. It makes like, it even
2: cooler. Like how long yeah. he
1: can hold his breath for the water oh, yeah, sequences yeah. and then finding out that he actually did the skydive and Fallout yeah, is yeah. crazy to me. He's that's amazing. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> cool. Alright Josh I'll pass it to you. Alright, so my number ten is actually the only animated film on my list. Don't worry, I got you covered. I have one. I think. <laughs> there was one that I really wanted to make this list, but it came out in two thousand nine, and I have to mention it because it's a fantastic movie, and it's up. Um, mm-hmm. I really wanted Up to make this list, but I couldn't. I missed it by a year. So my only animated film on the list is actually How to Train Your Dragon from two thousand ten.
3: Mm-hmm. I think the
0: animation style was awesome. It, the music was absolutely fantastic. I love the music from this whole franchise. Um, and the theme that they use recurring throughout and they kind of alter that theme. It just it was genius the way that the score worked out. It had a good story, and it had a really clever world-building idea, and it created a great trilogy out of it. So How to Train Your Dragon was my number 10 from 2010.
2: I really enjoyed uh, watching those films, actually for the first time earlier this year. Cool. A great, great, great trilogy. If I'm being
1: honest, I haven't seen any of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I really have it Worth a Are watch. Are they on good anything movies. that I could catch them on? Are they not on Disney? They? No, they're not Disney+. Plus. They're not Disney+. It's DreamWorks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe... Uh, <clears throat> I'll look through Netflix and, yeah, and Netflix Hulu maybe. and stuff like that see if I can find them. I know I saw, like,
2: a Christmas special on Hulu with How to Change Your and Okay.
0: All right, so... It's number nine Bradley? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, it's my turn. Uh, so, my number nine is... Uh, the only Star Wars film I have on here. Oh, okay. Um, because I wasn't a big fan of the most recent trilogy, okay. if I'm being honest. Uh, but it's Rogue One. Oh, I nice. really enjoyed Rogue One. I liked seeing the sequences of stuff that happened between <laughs> the end of Revenge of the Sith and, I mean, mm-hmm. right up until the beginning of mm-hmm. uh, New Hope. Um, it was a great movie. A lot of cool action sequences. It, I mean, it was cool to see the, the focus of the Star Wars universe not on the Jedi or the mm-hmm. Sith. Just kind of seeing what... These people who are kind of regular people who are just trying to survive in this new empire age um, go through and yeah, I just love the fact that it literally built the story up until the original trilogy.
2: I think that's why I actually did enjoy it as much as I did because it wasn't, it didn't have any of the Jedi or the Force or anything like that. Yeah. And I
1: think it was kind of like a
2: breath of, uh, breath of fresh air. Yeah, for yeah, sure. To yeah, to have to mix it up, you know. Yeah. Good pick. Cool. All right, uh, my, uh, number nine, uh, actually came, actually my next two actually came out last year. Um, Jojo Rabbit I have as, uh, number nine. It was, uh, the, uh, Taika Waititi directed film about a, a boy who finds, a Nazi boy who finds, finds a Jewish girl in her attic. Um, I loved that movie when I saw it in theaters. Um, I think that, um, Oh man, I'm blanking on the the name the the name of the, the lead actor like the little boy and then the girl. I think they're going to be like real big shot actors. Like when you give them a few years, I think they're going to be like they did phenomenal. Honestly, like they they did amazing. Um, it was funny. It was heartfelt. I, I, yeah, I re, I really enjoyed the movie. It was a book I really want to read um, that was, it was based off of. Um, and it was it was a pleasant surprise.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's on to me. My number nine was from 2011. It was a great origin story to a classic series that already existed. Kind of a remake that told an origin that did not previously exist. And that is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh,
2: sorry. I'm glad, I'm glad you have a Planet sorry. of the Apes film on there because I love that series so much. Yeah.
0: And
2: I, it just barely missed the cut for me. I'm so glad yeah. to put it there. Sorry.
0: Um, it was great character development, especially for like Caesar. Yeah. And the fantastic story idea created a great trilogy that i think leads up really well to the old films so yeah, yeah rise of the I mean, planet of uh, the apes from 2011
1: i think i think it was a great yeah mm-hmm. it was a great story leading up to the the old original films and then kind of seeing like mm-hmm. what they can do like i mean that was a really early instance of how mm-hmm. good cgi has gotten got oh, yeah. motion capture and stuff like oh, yeah. that and oh, james yeah. franco did an amazing mm-hmm. job and uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It was a great. Yeah, I, I, think, I didn't even think of it actually yeah. as a as a movie to put on my list, but yeah, honestly, it's a great one. I
2: think Andy Serkis became like I've become such a big fan of his because of his portrayal of Caesar, not just in Rise of Planet X, but just for the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think he did like such an amazing job with that character. I love that character so much, I told my parents I'm naming any future dog I have Caesar and they asked what if it's female and I'm like I don't care, if her name is it's going to be Julia Caesar if it's a female,
0: so there you go. That's funny. That's funny. Cool. <laughs> Alright, so
1: let's move on to our number your number nine,
0: Brad, or number eight, right?
1: Yeah, number eight. So um, This one came out, it was October 2014. October 2014. Um, it's kind of my only like thriller suspense movie mm-hmm. um I would say on this list and it's a uh, Gone Girl um oh, nice. starring Ben Affleck I really enjoyed it I liked the book um and it was just a great movie like cuz you can it's crazy to like to think that a great movie is one of those movies where you can sit there and kind of feel the runtime
3: mm-hmm.
1: um but like you can feel how long the movie is, it keeps you very suspense. It keeps you like on edge, or at the end of your seat, you're like, "What's going to happen?" Um, and I mean, I did read the book, but just even watching like the book come to life on the on the big screen was was amazing. I thought it was a great job that all the actors did did amazing, um, and I, it was just a really memorable movie. Hmm. So that's my number eight. Cool. All right, my number eight.
2: Um is a uh, out came out a few months ago um that is the only non-marvel movie that i have watched multiple times multiple times in theaters fun fact um no wait no actually i did see frozen a couple times in theaters that's the first one that's Non-Disney. a lie non-disney <laughs> let me clarify um what what i loved about knives out is that like it's it's um kind of a murder mystery film right um but I think the ensemble cast does does fantastic. But what's what's so great about it is um, you really like you really have to be paying attention, not just to kind of understand what's going on in the story, but also I think to get the jokes, you have to be paying attention, which I really kind of really appreciated. Like if you're like if your mind is turned off throughout the movie, you're not gonna find anything in that movie funny. Like you're just not. But if you're paying attention, you're, you're like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So I, I think I just really enjoyed kind of that aspect of the film. Um. That yeah. The the ensemble cast does did amazing. Daniel Craig was phenomenal in the movie. Um. <coughs> I have a huge crush on uh, Ana De Armas now. She's gonna be named James Bond. Love you. Um.
3: She's not watching this. Uh. Yeah. She's the new double upset Not the to James Bond. Oh well, because he's she's gonna in be in this. You know what I mean. You know, what, you know no, what I mean. No, I got admit. you. you yeah, no, you know, know. I mean I agree. That was a great movie. Yeah,
1: uh, it's definitely one of my top movies of 2019. Yeah, um, it was amazing. Uh, I when I first saw the trailer, I was like, I, I can't wait to see this. It was right. amazing, and I was like, very, very, like, happy with how it yeah. turned out and how funny it was. Yeah. So yeah, I agree though. Yeah, yeah. All right, Josh. Pat it to you.
0: Cool. All right, so that is my number eight now, which is from 2012, and it is Django Unchained.
2: Nice. A great one. The
0: movie yeah, was like very Tarantino, just like all of Tarantino's films. It
2: <laughs> uh, had a great
0: story, a very unique style, and very intriguing characters with good character development with some interesting twists along the way.
1: Yeah, no, cool. I, mean, I agree. great. Yeah. yeah, great acting, cool. a lot of cool twists, and yeah. Very Very Tarantino. Storytelling, yeah. Very Tarantino. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I guess we're moving on to my number seven. All right. Um, So my number seven uh, came out in 2015. It is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, good one. Uh, I thought it was amazing. The set pieces, I mean, the vast desert wasteland that they created with it was amazing. Um, Charlize Theron Mm -hmm. as Furiosa. She did an amazing job. Tom Hardy as Max. Mm -hmm. He is hands down my favorite part of that movie and uh it's probably one of my favorite roles of his he mm-hmm. did a great job and there, I constantly like before I had the film before I bought the movie I was constantly wanting to go like look for it on like Netflix and, yeah, uh, yeah. and it would never be there and so I was like I'm just gonna go buy it so I can watch it whenever I want and I go back and watch it all the time but yeah that's yeah. my number seven yeah it's a good that, that, was my, that,
2: was my, uh, yeah, that was my favorite movie actually of 2015 um yeah, I I loved that movie a lot. I remember watching that movie with my uncle. Um yeah. So cool. All right. Uh I'm going to go on an animated movie run here. Um so my number 7 is uh, Moana. Uh I absolutely adore that movie. I love the songs. I think uh um only does a great job as Moana and Dwayne Johnson does a great job as Maui. What I Love the most about that movie though is i think it's just beautifully animated um i think just the animated effects of that movie are just like anything unlike anything i've ever even to this like we've had many animated movies since then and it's still like in my in my opinion unmatched i think it's like the scene where she's just walking through and you just see the water and her hair flowing i'm like oh my god that's animated that's ridiculous uh yeah, so Moana is number seven on my list.
1: So very um, cool. Another oh, horrible okay. uh, like honesty. I still haven't seen Moana either. <laughs> Neither have I. So. There's a lot uh, of the, the same boat there. there, there. The, the, the sad thing is when uh, there's a certain point in Pixar movies that uh-huh. I, I haven't I stopped seeing them. Yeah, like uh, um, We're it took me. F- it yeah. took oh well yeah you, well Disney and, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney animated Fair movies. Enough. I should yeah, say yeah. um. Like, it took me forever to watch the first Frozen. Oh, yeah. I still haven't seen the second one. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I... But everybody's like, you have to watch it. You have... The only one I've seen in the last, like, Moana's four or five it. years is Coco. Oh, okay. That's the only, like... yeah. yeah popular animated thing I've seen in the last four or five years or so you we're not going I haven't seen that
0: one either for
2: the next probably not at all <laughs> for the next few we're not gonna have anything doubling up alright maybe one of mine is from the beginning
3: of the decade <laughs> oh okay so
2: then maybe 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 then alright passing it to you
0: Josh speaking of beginning of the decade my number seven is from 2010 Shutter Island
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, oh this no, is that's my, a great one yeah this is my kind of horror which is just a thriller mm-hmm. um and it's like the type of movie you need to watch twice, which I really enjoy. There's a huge twist at the end that changes the whole film. And I love when movies do that, when there's that big twist at the end. And you're like, I got to watch the whole thing over again now because everything's different. I love that. So I really enjoyed Shutter Island.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: And I don't want to say good, anything hey. else
0: without yeah, um, ruining the film.
2: I agree with you so, what you said about the horror, too. I think the horror movies that I tend to more like are like the thriller-type aspects. Like psychological. It. Yeah, so I, t- I think that's like that. why yeah, I, I enjoy Cheddar
0: Island more than other yeah. horror stuff. But I don't want to ruin it, so I'll end it there and <laughs> uh, right. kick it on to Bradley for his number seven.
1: Okay, so this is my number six. Um, or six, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, this is the only animated movie I have on my list, okay. and it's going back to... 2010. Okay, so maybe it's June 2010. Okay, Toy Story 3. Okay. Um. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I mean, I had to pick Toy Story 3. Uh Um. I saw Toy Story. I saw Toy Story 4. So okay, okay, there was another one that I've seen recently. Uh huh. Um. But I cannot say that Toy Story 4 was better than Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 was amazing. Uh. Even as I I agree I was a (laughs) a 14 year old going into high school when that movie came out, and (laughs) I was crying in the theater at the end of the movie um but yeah i mean i grew up watching toy story it was probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite like series for when it comes to cartoons and it's just it was a great movie and toy story 3 definitely on like if they ended the toy story series with toy story 3 i would not be mad at all but mm-hmm. i know that they really should just kind of keep it going for the newer kids and we're gonna have a special guest say something real quick Okay, that's all I said. That's all I said. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> thanks, yeah. Buzz. <laughs> yeah, so Toy Story Three is my number six.
3: Cool.
2: All right, my number six. See so what we got here. Oh right, I picked uh, Zootopia for my number six. Yeah, the movie posters right there. Uh, yeah, I I think that the what I love most about Zootopia is kind of just the message behind it because I don't think we've had um, any movie kind of like with that with that kind of message of kind of breaking stereotypes, I think um, that's why I put it above Moana, even though I think both of those films came out in 2016. That was the one reason why I put it ahead of it. Um, I think animation's great. I think the voice acting's great. I think the character's great. Story's great. Um, so yeah, I, I've talked about Zootopia before
3: on the podcast. So yeah, number six. Cool.
0: All right. So my number six is from 2014. And um, it is really interesting to me it's an awesome sci-fi film uh, and it is interstellar i love this film um i really like the multi-dimensional theories that it explores and like my last pick the ending of the film changes everything and again i like i said i really enjoy that mechanic and it's very interesting how the plot works great with like this type of genre and the music for Interstellar was absolutely amazing. I think it's really cool what Hans Zimmer was able to do. It Hans Zimmer is just a really, really good composer. Like, the whole um, scene where they're on that planet where time moves differently. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually composed two different themes where one is moving really slowly at the same time the other theme is moving very quickly. And they play at the same time. So that way to kind of portray that idea of time is moving differently on the ship than it is on the planet. So... Just little things like that are really cool. Yeah. So Interstellar is my number six.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, it's a good pick. thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah, great pick. Cool. Um, so my number five uh, is from 2012. Um, and I feel like I, I can't remember what year the, the one before it came out. But I feel like if it was in the last decade, there's going to be some controversy with people saying me saying this but it's uh, The Dark Knight Rises
2: oh ah,
1: okay um, I'm a big fan of The Dark Knight Rises uh, obviously I cannot say anything mm-hmm. about like The Dark Knight it's a great mm-hmm. movie um, mm-hmm. Joker Heath Ledger's Joker mm-hmm. going to be memorable till oh, yeah. like, the end of time when it comes to DC films and but I don't know I could never get over Bane like I thought mm. he was amazing like I thought Tom Hardy's Portrayal and the kind of modernization they took on Bane was awesome. The speech he gives at the beginning of the movie in the plane is mm-hmm. like every time he gives a speech, it's like you're you get goosebumps, you can mm-hmm. feel your hair standing up because you're like, This dude is menacing in such a weird way. Um, and then just watching what he does mm-hmm. when he fights and how much stronger he is and I I, I dunno, it was a great movie. Yeah, that's another movie I go back to and watch all the time when it comes to those.
2: I, I rewatch I agree the, uh, I re the Dark Knight trilogy uh very recently actually. Um and I, I agree. I love the Dark Knight. Um I but I do think that it really overshadows like the greatness of not just Dark Knight Rises, but also Batman Begins. Batman Begins yeah, I think sure. both of those oh, yeah, are Batman like, Begins phenomenal is movies, not just the Dark Knight, I think all three of them are fantastic. And yeah, I, I agree. I think Dark I think Bane is Amazing, yeah. Super, yeah, Tom super, Hardy like, is Lander, really good
1: in that role. He Ledger was so good mm-hmm. playing Joker, but but and and I feel bad because I feel like it does right. overshadow how yeah. amazing the character of Bane was as yeah. well in Dark Knight Rises. And I think it, just looking at that that trilogy altogether, mm-hmm. like you have to just be like, it's a great trilogy oh, yeah. together. Oh yeah, like so. I, I think that trilogy what?
2: to this day is unmatched by anything. Yeah, I always <laughs> say
0: that um, the Dark Knight Rises was not a fantastic comic book movie mainly because of the inaccuracies with comics oh, for sure. but despite that it made a fantastic batman movie
1: yeah oh yeah for sure yeah it was and not, definitely one of the best batman movies not the most comic book accurate movie of all time but yeah it was fantastic right. as just a movie like a, as a oh yeah definitely movie. it was amazing
0: and i like the twist that they took on the characters and the fact that, you know, they weren't ashamed of wanting to do something different, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. And it, it ended up fantastic because of it.
2: All right. My uh, number five uh, is Coco. Uh, sticking with the animated movies for a little while. Um, yeah, I, I I adore that movie. I love Remember Me. I remember bawling my eyes out in theaters with my sister and my mom while my dad was asleep because he did not like the movie um but yeah we loved it uh i i have the soundtrack on my phone um one of my favorite movies ever i still remember in 2017 um i don't think (laughs) play guitar um i I still remember like i don't think there was a lot of fantastic animated movies in 2017 and there's an award show called the annie awards which is like that's for all the animated films and and i I remember coco just winning everything and it got to the point where i was kind of like you know i'm tired of hearing this mexican music i have to have to stop as much as i love coco i have to stop watching this because it's becoming too much of a blowout so no yeah
1: i I love that's funny cool what? Justice League Dark came out in 2017. How dare oh, you? Well, I, don't, I don't remember that movie. Sorry. Cars 3 apparently came out in 2017. I still have not watched that <laughs> movie.
2: Despicable Me 3. Alright Josh, just read your pick. <laughs> Alright, you, so
0: my number 5 was the most recent film on my list. And possibly the most recent film out of anybody's list. And that is Joker. Came out nice. in 2019. It's my number 5. Um, I thought it was a very interesting, in-depth character study of a well-known, yet still mysterious character. It's set in its own universe, which I really like. It's its own thing. It's dark and gritty, but not edgy. It's actually realistic. It had a very interesting ending with the lack of clarity, which I really like that we don't know all the answers. And I hope it stays that way. I do not want a sequel to this film. I want it to stay open and unclear. So Joker is my number five pick.
2: I will say that if if we were listing these on what... I mean, I was listing it personally on what my favorites are, but if I were like, if I'm choosing the best of the best of the best, I think Joker's a masterpiece, honestly. Like, Joker would probably be... I mean, it's not on my list, but I'm just going to say that, but it was... (laughs) It's not on mine either. Yeah, but if if I was listing it on what I think the best are, Joker would probably be... Probably number one, to be honest with
1: you. I think Joker's phenomenal. I feel like you would... Honestly, you have to base it on like the Academy Awards, though. Like, sure, you have Very to joking. look at like what's actually won Best of the Best. Yeah, but I true. do. I mean, but because there hasn't been an Academy Award yet for for, for Joker, yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. if, if this was not just a personal opinion list, right. Joker is definitely in the top ten yeah. for one, some of the greatest movies of this past decade. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: So I agree. Yeah, cool, great pick. Yeah. Yeah, and game. I mean, I love the movie. I just it's not on my top ten. Yeah, Nothing to because he mentioned it. The the his being the most recent, probably nothing. None of mine came out after twenty seventeen. They're all twenty sixteen and before. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yours is definitely the newest. <laughs> cool. Besides, besides yours actually, because you said knives out. Knives out, yeah. And knives out came in November. Yeah. Um. Cool. So right number four came out in uh, February twenty sixteen. It's a great movie. It, I'm oh, so glad wait. they're continuing it. It just got its. It just got its go ahead for the third movie. Oh. Okay. And it's okay. uh It's Deadpool. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like they did a great job. I mean, Ryan Reynolds was pushing and pushing for this movie to be made for so long, and and I feel like how successful it was and how good it was, was a great showing on the fact that you can make comic book movies rated R, and you mm-hmm. can just yeah. be true to the comic. Be I mean, be real about how the character's supposed to be, how he's supposed to be violent, he's not supposed to be... Super likable, but at the same time likable. Yeah. Um. And and I'm so glad that it just got its go ahead for the third movie and that they're allowing it to keep an R rating with with Disney at the forefront. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think it was a great. Reynolds is Deadpool man. He He is is, like he made that happen. He's he's, mad bad props to him for for sure. And and yeah, and it's it's the sad thing is it's so hard in certain films to look at him now and go it's Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, right. That's, no, that's my, I, agree. I like, agree. Even watching the, the, tra- the, the, free, the free Guy, free, free guy yeah. trailer, i was like, like, it's Deadpool. Like, he's Deadpool. Yeah. Like, so I do feel bad about that because I hate typecasting a character yeah. and getting them stuck to a role, but I mean, he's Deadpool, and yeah. it's great. It's one of my favorite superhero movies. It's not the highest superhero movie on my list, but for yeah. sure. That was number four. I
0: have to say, um, I'm not a huge fan of Deadpool as a character, and therefore I was not a huge fan mm-hmm. of the film. But I think the film did a fantastic job of being a Deadpool film.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah.
0: And that's speaking as someone who's not a big Deadpool fan, so that speaks volumes to the film, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, yeah. There's always those things. It's hard to, when you're not a fan of a certain series or a certain character, especially as, like, us all kind of being comic book fans, if there's characters we're not really, don't really like, if we can still go and enjoy the movie, I would say it probably says a lot about how well they do with the actors and the writing.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. All right, my number
2: four is
3: laser and full power.
2: Okay, whatever. Toy Story Three is my number four. Hey, we hey, talked. Hey. We <laughs> talked about it already, so no need to really get up. into it. But double up. <laughs> cool. some... oh, you
1: know, oh, you know what we should have done? Me and you had so many
2: double ups. Ne- ne- <laughs> next decade, guys. We next have to. <laughs> we, we should. We should. We should make it a drinking game. Whenever there's a double up, ten years oh, from no. now. Ten years <laughs> De- from now, or like maybe like a year from now, if there's a double up. We should do that. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Okay, sorry. We <laughs> talked about Toy Story already, so
0: you can go, Josh. Okay, so my number four, I'm sure, is going to be a double up. At least I'll, I'll be surprised cool. if it's not. My number four is Avengers Infinity War from 2018. I'll
1: say right now I don't <laughs> Unless have you're it,
0: making it on a my face.
2: list. I also don't have it on my list. Yeah, actually. No. Really? Interesting. Surprisingly. I do really love um, that movie,
0: Aven- Avengers Infinity War, I enjoyed. I actually liked it better than Endgame. But just slightly, um, it's huge. Uh, it was well balanced, even though it was huge, especially with the huge bound, ba- the huge cast. They kept it very well balanced. It had a relatable villain who was still a cosmic level threat, which I thought was really cool. Um, it had a great ending, and they were not afraid to kill popular characters. I still wish they kept Spider-Man dead, but um, that's just me. <laughs> um, my only negative for this film, and it's the only one is that there's so many prerequisites if you want to see this film and understand it. That is the biggest downside, I think, to the whole MCU, is that there's a lot you won't understand if you don't see the previous films. And as someone who likes to understand as much as I can about a film, I want to know a bunch going in. And it's just tough to have to watch so much to go into it. But if that's the only negative, it was a fantastic film, I'd say.
2: See, I was actually nervous going into Infinity War because I... Um I was just, uh, with the scope of just, like, in the scale of it, I'm like, how on earth are they going to make this work? And the fact that they didn't just make it work, that, in my opinion, at the time, it was the best Avengers movie, was like, mm-hmm. oh, dang, like, you did it. Like, Marvel did it. That's amazing. And, yeah, I agree with, yeah, Th- Thanos, I think, is an amazing villain. Uh, I, I, yeah, I love the ending. Um, Yeah, I thought Infinity War was
1: a fantastic film. My my big thing about it is... um. Most, I mean, us three here have mm-hmm. seen those movies. So, yeah. like, we were like, oh, how are they going to do it? But we weren't worried about understanding stuff because we right. had seen the movies. Um, but, I mean, it got rave reviews from everybody. People I know who, that was their first time going to see any Avengers movie because mm-hmm. they were like, I've heard it's going to be really big and really important. So, I had friends who may have watched Civil War mm-hmm. or Thor Ragnarok and hadn't watched anything else. Like, I have friends who still, I keep telling, them they need to watch the other movies because they've seen Infinity War and Endgame. And... Even if they would be like, there was a reference I didn't get, there was a moment I didn't quite understand, but but it still got uh, rave reviews, and I feel like that speaks volumes to how good the movies can be.
2: I have a funny story. Can I share it real quick? Sure. Go for it. So my grandma, she's not really that into like the Marvel films, but I mean, she kind of she gets what's going on, right? So I, I had her watch Iron Man one. And then I was like, forget it. I, just, I want you to watch Infinity War. And at the end of Infinity War, she goes like, I'm going to try and impersonate her. She goes like, oh, Spider-Man! <laughs> when he, like, dies, when he gets dusted away, I'm like, oh my gosh. That was, I wish I recorded because she got, like, so freaked out on Spider-Man. It's hilarious. That's funny. And, like, with her accent, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Lola,
3: you're killing me.
0: <laughs> That's funny. And I'll say something else about Infinity War, too, is um, it's no secret that there's a lot of MCU films that I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, and there's a special tonal thing that a lot of people enjoy that I don't, where I enjoyed Iron Man, I enjoyed um, Doctor Strange, I enjoyed um, the first two Thor films. And then there were just a lot of films that didn't really hit it for me personally, because of my unique style. But then Infinity War drew me in, and I liked it better than all the other ones. So it was really interesting to see that kind of
1: I'll have to see work for think. somebody like me have to see what you think about one of the movies on my list later on oh okay i'm excited to know what that is all right it's not my number three though so we have time to go
3: what is is your number three
1: my number three uh came out in 2016 as well but it was right before deadpool came out it was in january actually and it was uh the 13 hours uh the secret soldiers of benghazi oh i haven't seen that movie with john krasinski um it's a great movie it tells the true story of uh, the Benghazi soldiers and what happened in Benghazi Mm -hmm. when they were attacked. And it's just an amazing movie. It's a war movie. It's very action packed. It's kind of, it's got a slow kind of build up to the climactic ending. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of great acting. There's a lot of heart wrenching moments, really cool moments where you're like, dang, I can bond with these people Mm there. And then, um, it was just a re- really great movie. It had great acting. And it's another movie that I constantly want to be like, Look, I'm just going to watch it 15 times. <laughs> um, but I loved it. It's a great movie. And then, yeah, it's based on true events and true story, so. I movie?
0: heard it's really good. I still haven't seen it, though. I got to see it.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie. I, I personally think it's a great movie. All right,
2: my uh, number three is The Greatest Showman. Uh, I loved that movie. I still listen to the soundtrack uh, very frequently. Um, I'm a big fan of Hugh Jackman. I think it's really cool how, like, Earlier in the year, he can do something like Logan, and which is, like, very violent and very, like, <laughs> and then he goes, like, singing musicals. I'm like, dude, like, that is, like, really impressive acting chops right there. Um, yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of that movie. Um, yeah.
3: Cool. Cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably yeah. one of the musicals I've seen in the last, like, five, six years that I really enjoyed watching. Yeah. Um, it was a great
2: movie. I yeah, I was I was surprised because I didn't think I was gonna get as into it as I did. Yeah, yeah I
3: did.
0: Cool. Yeah. My number three is from 2013, and it is Man of Steel. Um, I thought it was a fantastic origin for Superman, and um, it really um, what I thought was really cool, it faced Superman against his biggest weakness, which is his desire not to kill. Yep,
3: I was gonna say, and he really had to. All, but. <laughs> oh. Oh, <bro. laughs>
0: he really had to face off against that, and it it became very emotional in that moment, and it it really showed like how he had to deal with that type of thing, which I thought was really cool. Um, fights, another thing about oh, sorry. it, sorry, good. I was gonna
2: say the, the scene where he like flies, that's pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah, that was really cool. Too. Um, another really important thing about this was the music. I thought was fantastic, and um, I actually did my senior research for college comparing the music between Man of Steel and the nineteen. 19- 70s original superman movie 1978 so uh talk about the difference between the john williams score and the han zimmer score and my biggest takeaway was that um that the original superman movie from 1978 was the story of who superman was and the story of how he lived his life where man of steel was a story of what superman is and what that ideal is and the music i think reflected that in both Cases So I really like this kind of new take on um, Superman, what it's like in the modern day world, and what Superman is rather than who he is. So that's why A Man of Steel is my number three pick.
2: It's still my favorite, I think, among the DCEU films, yeah. for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I still I, like it. I have film. to agree. Um, yeah. It's probably,
1: I know a lot of people, my my thing about DC is, much like Josh, I'm a very big DC fan. Mm-hmm. I love Marvel, I love all comic books, but DC was what I was first introduced with when it came to comics, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of like how the comics themselves have kind of taken their own path to separate themselves, Yeah. each, each other Marvel going one way and DC going another way. And, yeah. and I love the dark tone of mm-hmm. DC and I loved that Man of Steel was kind of the setup for this dark cinematic mm-hmm. universe that they yeah. were creating. And um, yeah, I mean, pitting him against his desire to not kill and the end scene of the movie mm-hmm. where everybody, where so many people were like, that's not Superman. It's like, but you have to understand the reason and the story Mm -hmm. and the setup that they're doing they're not just trying to ruin the character you all love they're trying to show you that this is the person he is this is sometimes what it takes this is Mm
3: -hmm.
1: his greatest failure as a Mm -hmm. as a character is betraying who he is as a person and I, I, i i don't think people looked at the writing i thought they looked at it more as a comic story that they've known for so long and didn't quite understand that that's not where the extended universe was going to end up going because marvel had already gone so light-hearted and comedic mm-hmm. so I yeah it was that.
0: more it was more of showing what superman is and not just this is superman like it was in the 1978 movie but this is someone who is becoming superman
1: yeah for sure understanding where he's going and and kind of in that moment he set that rule right mm-hmm. he he kills zod and in that moment you're, he's like like you can you can see the pain in him and how much it means to him to be like, never again can I let this happen. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah,
1: for sure. Great, Great. movie pick. Thank
0: you. All right, so now you're number two, right? We're almost there. Yeah.
1: So so my, number two, it. my number two is the one that I was not sure about with Josh because of his comments oh. on Marvel movies. Okay. Um, and it's this is my favorite Marvel movie of all time. And it will always be. I don't care what comes out. I'm looking forward to the next years of Marvel. But it's Captain America Winter Soldier. I'm a huge fan of Winter Soldier. He's one of my favorite Marvel comic book characters. I've loved him for a really long time, and I thought the whole spy espionage feel mm-hmm. of this movie was great. I loved i when when the movie title came out, I knew exactly who it was and what was mm-hmm. happening, and just I thought it had great action sequences. They had the callback from mm-hmm. in Endgame where he got in the elevator, and yeah. you're like, I remember this in Winter Soldier, um, and I just thought it was great. It's it was a it was a great buildup and very different from what you saw in the first captain america
3: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah so that was that's my my all-time favorite marvel movie so far i'm probably gonna say it's not gonna change but yeah
2: see this is why we have to have shots next year because I, I i'm going be drinking <laughs> right now cause that's a double man yeah winter soldier is also my number two um yeah i yeah I, I, I basically for everything that you just mentioned i think that the elevator scene i love i love the part where um Nick Fury's ambushed. I think that's still like one of my favorite moments. Like, yeah, th- I think going back into like this past like decade of Marvel, it's like a lot of my favorite scenes are from Captain America Winter Soldier. So yeah. Well, so, my other right. One of the
1: other things I love watching if, when I watch it back and I mm-hmm. watch the clips on YouTube because I'll go on and watch fights it's from the movie. Yeah, on YouTube, yeah. Is the sound effects for Bucky's arm? Oh yeah, were outstanding. Yeah, like yeah. how they did the motions and whenever he would kind of like bring it back and mm-hmm. kind of get it going you're like all right they know what they're doing i thought it was great so so that's why when he was when josh was talking about marvel movies i was like i don't know how he's gonna feel yeah. about the,
0: the winter soldier <laughs> winter soldier is definitely on my more favorable list okay yeah. I, I definitely enjoy that uh, more than the first one mm-hmm. um a lot more than civil war but i i that's a a discussion for another day <laughs> my thoughts on civil war but um I think that was the movie. I, we, oh, sorry. I really enjoyed Winter Soldier, especially compared to some of the other films at the time. So, good pick. I agree. Th-
2: that movie also made Black Widow interesting for me. Like that yes, was like the agreed. first movie where, where they I was started like, to develop her character. Right. That was and the it. first movie where I was like, oh, like Black Widow's kind of she's kind of cool, you know. So yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. good movie. And that was my number two. So yeah, I think it goes straight to Joe. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> so my number <laughs> two
0: is um, continuing on the Marvel train. All right. My number two came out in 2017, and um, my favorite film ever, based on a Marvel character, can't say MCU, because it's not MCU, (laughs) but based on a Marvel character, my favorite movie, based on a Marvel character, in 2017, Logan. Yeah,
3: amazing movie. I love Logan. Um, Great movie.
0: Outstanding. I have a few things written down, and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read them, because I think this is all that (laughs) needs to be said. An amazing story. Fantastic, realistic visuals, dark and realistic, everything I ever wanted out of an X-Men film.
2: Can I add one thing? That's all
0: I have to say about this. Yeah, go for it.
2: I don't hate Dark Phoenix as much as I think
1: a lot of of other
2: people, but Logan 100% should have been the ending to just, not just Wolverine, but the X-Men franchise, I think. The it, Fox x Fox, it, yeah. it should have been... Well, aside from Deadpool aside, Logan should have been the
1: end of that era of X-Men, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I did enjoy mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix. Cause, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's the big thing is I like looking at movies analytically, mm-hmm. but a lot of the time when it comes to comic book movies and mm-hmm. book movies and stuff like that, it's hard for me to not be like, I remember reading right. about this and enjoying it. But so, like, even Dark Phoenix, I did... There are parts where you're like, dude, this is so cool. Like, I mean, especially... I don't know if people care about the spoilers about this, but it's not really a spoiler. When Magneto did the whole scene in the train with the oh, guns. Yeah, 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 Where he picked up all of the guns oh, yeah, and just that, kept that was firing cool. them. Yeah, yeah. And the Nightcrawler's moment of like going in going crazy mm-hmm. and fighting and stuff was really cool. Um but yeah, I mean Logan was an outstanding exclamation point on the mm-hmm. on the Fox X Men series. And I'm not including Deadpool because I mean it is he's not really X Men related to the new to the original kind of setup, especially mm-hmm. with like Hugh Jackman, even though he makes references to him all the time. Um but yeah, I would say it was a great exclamation point and it would have been a great conclusion to their yeah to their story. Yeah.
0: Like I said, my favorite movie ever based on a Marvel character. Yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> I can I mean I can That's a good thing. Yeah. Alright. All right, this so is it the number one This is it. Um so I don't know if this is at all surprising. I mean, you guys might be like, i never really thought about that one." But following the fantasy, magic, okay. and everything like that, uh, it's one of my favorite book series of all time. But it's a oh, specific it's going. a specific movie of the book series. Um, oh, I got
0: it. I know. I know. It's Stuart Little, <laughs>
1: and it's uh, The Hobbit: Desolation of Smaug.
4: Oh, yeah. Good I thought um, it was
1: be, okay, I, that's a good I, I love the Hobbit book, and when the, and they divided it into three movies, but I thought Desolation of Smaug was outstanding. I loved uh, Benedict as the voice of Smaug. I loved Luke Evans as uh, Bard, the Boatsman. I loved watching all the actors portray the dwarves and hobbits, and it had beautiful scenery, much like The Lord of the Rings does. It had amazing an amazing soundtrack, beautiful visuals, great... I mean, it's, it's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, so it's a great storytelling. Um... And I mean, I could go on forever about it, so (laughs) I won't talk about it forever. But yeah, that's my all-time favorite. Like I said, when we first came, when you guys were like, we're doing a top 10 of movies, TV, and video games. Right when you said top 10 of movies, I was like, Hobbit, Desolation of Spock. It was immediate. I had no debate over it at all. So yeah, that's my number one.
0: Cool. Good choice. I'd say the Hobbit movies are um, nothing in comparison to the Lord of the Rings movies.
1: For sure. I can agree with that, yeah. (laughs)
0: But that's only because the Lord of the Rings movies are so good.
1: Yeah, yeah I The Hobbit
0: movies were still fantastic, I agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: All good right. Good choice. Lord of the Rings is
2: amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I also, the, the second I knew we were doing. Actually, no, that's, that's a lie, because this movie technically was not out yet when
3: we decided we were doing this. <laughs> when you knew you were good. So, <laughs>
2: but the second I watched this movie and the credits were rolling, I knew it was going to be my number one. Uh, have to go with Avengers Endgame. I have to. Um, I was... The second Captain Marvel ended, I was like, okay, bring on Endgame. And then I was like an emotional train wreck for a good, like, two months before Endgame even came out. And that's how I knew. I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. And then I was emotional train wreck for a good, like, few weeks after the movie came out. Like, that movie, it was emotional. It was heroic. Uh, I will never, ever forget that Avengers Assemble moment that is like, oh, my gosh. It's like, I think my mind, like, broke in that... Just like a few seconds when everyone was there, and all the portals are opening, and then the crow shows. No, that didn't <laughs> no, but like when everyone's just coming out, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, this is literally like you're just looking at it, and it's like this is like a decade worth of like story building to this moment. It was ah oh, so good. i, I There will be, I don't think any like I will always remember that day.
1: Yeah, that I mean, movie came out. I mean, always. I i agree. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a huge like I said, I'm a huge comic book fan, and I yeah. read comic books and. We went and saw the midnight yeah. premiere. No, yeah. Not the midnight premiere, but the yeah. day it came out for regular audiences. Um, and there were so many. It was, I mean, it was by definition mm-hmm. in a lot of the reviews, it's a fan service. Yeah. Like, with the moment. So, this is the big thing. This is, I like, I don't know. probably could have felt how much, like, I rose out of my chair in this moment was yeah. um, when you see Thor's hammer come off the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in that moment, I knew what was happening because I had seen it in the comics. Yeah. And I had been waiting for it forever. Like, since. Captain America was introduced yeah. to the series when when Thor was getting beat up by Thanos yeah. and you see the hammer lift I was like please please do it <laughs> and then it, it hits him and it comes back and Cap catches it and then everyone goes and everybody lives. went crazy <laughs> in the theater everybody cheered and freaked out and Thor does the I, knew, I it. knew it, and and yeah, so I can I can agree. It was a great fan service. And yeah, I like I I watched that. I mean, we had that little running competition of who was going to see yeah. the theaters more. Yeah, um, and I I still think you beat me, um, <laughs> but I I still watch it. I have I bought it on Blu-ray the day it came yeah. out, and and people were like, Why are you buying it on Blu-ray if you're getting Disney Plus? First of all, because then I can have that forever, right? And I want I hope they release a, a box set of all of them because I can't wait to buy that and. I can still watch it now, and I get those goosebumps. I get the butterflies in my stomach watching moments. I mm-hmm. get the tears in my eyes seeing certain moments, and so like, it's not the greatest movie, mm-hmm. but it's an amazing fan service yeah. for a movie.
2: Th- to be fair, I do think that like what you were saying, Josh, earlier with like, there's all these prerequisites with Infinity War. I think Endgame is worse when it comes to that, like oh, the whole pre- sure. pre- Good point. prerequisites thing. But as someone that has watched all the films anyway, I'm like. who... Like, but,
1: even, but, but even with that, a I, lot of people, I know a lot of people who just went and watched Endgame, and yeah. they loved it. They just yeah, loved yeah. the energy of the movie, and they loved the energy of the crowd and the oh, theater, yeah. Even though they were like, "I don't really know." And I mean, I had plenty of people ask me why Thor says, "I knew it" in yeah. that moment, and I had to explain to them and showed them the scene from Ultron. And but yeah, I mean, I think I think how amazing that movie was, and how much it kind of brought everybody to mm-hmm. just go watch a movie, even yeah. if you hadn't seen all the ones before. It was is kind of a testament to. Marvel.
2: Going back to the whole thing with like the people cheering too, I also think it was just hearing like basically just everyone cry with Tony Stark. I think was like really awesome like trip. oh my like literally this whole room is just like silent, silent. Yeah. Like you can hear sniffles, you know. It's like yeah, yeah, awesome movie.
0: And I gotta say that's one really interesting thing about the film too mm-hmm. is a, my degree was in music, so I, I really enjoy music. Yeah, and um, movies especially nowadays have so much music in the background or sound effects on screen or dialogue. Mm-hmm. This movie used silence so well. Yeah.
3: yeah. There were moments for of sure. silence
0: in the film where there was no sound at all and it just the, the silence spoke. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that's really cool and it's difficult to do that in a story. They did a very good job with yeah. it. Oh, and so.
2: I just want to add one more thing. I'm so glad they didn't have an end credits scene too. I want, cause I know Agreed. Marvel's known for that. I'm so
1: glad they didn't have one at the, at the end of game. I think I think the the hammer hitting sound it was, was just enough perfect. Know, the yeah. hammer of him creating the T1 yeah yeah
2: anyway
0: yeah it was cool
1: yeah All right,
0: josh um so my number one as home. a surprise to very few people um and I know there are a handful of people that will 100% disagree with suicide me suicide squad but just <laughs> no <laughs> my number one film actually came out in the same year as that movie I don't
3: 2016
0: (laughs) and that is (laughs) batman v superman dawn of justice the ultimate cut i'd say if we were going with the theatrical cut only it wouldn't be on my list it'd be in my honorable mentions but to me the ultimate cut fixed pretty much every issue i had with the film um it was an excellent exploration of lore Um, it left me with so many questions and, um, I wish Justice League was a better film to be able to answer some of these questions. Um, very disappointed with Justice League in the sense that it did not continue the story from BVS, but it tried to correct things that people had issues with that I didn't see as issues. It's the best rating I've ever given a film at, I think, 9.5 out of 10. The music was fantastic. I already talked about the music of Man of Steel and how it kind of continued on, but there were just so many interesting themes in this movie. It was very deep in the themes that it told mm-hmm. um there were two stories going on one was batman refinding himself and refinding his faith in humanity and the other story was superman finally accepting earth as his home and finally accepting himself and kind of how those two stories converged um one of my favorite films of all time i really enjoyed it i enjoy rewatching it um and kind of studying the themes going on within it and what's going on and why things are the way that they are. There's this other podcast I listen to and to give a shout out to a podcast real quick. It's called Mosaic, Man of Steel Answers Insight Commentary. And this guy is actually a lawyer and what he does in his free time is talk about movies and he has some really interesting insight into Batman v Superman and the whole idea of conflict and of how this movie was kind of um, like a court case being presented where you had to pick a side And at the end, you kind of saw the flaws in both sides and the um, good things in both sides. And I really liked um, a lot of things about this film. And it's a shame that we don't really get to see the full fruition of what is to come from it.
2: I'd like to add a little bit on that, too. Um, I also enjoyed the ultimate cut way more than the theatrical cut. I wasn't that big of a fan of it when it uh, originally released. With that said, uh, I am really disappointed that they did not stick with that vision and um kept going with that story and kind of the way it was heading and um i think uh and i mean the same thing kind of happened um uh lately with the 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 new trilogy for star wars i think if they had continued with ryan johnson's uh, vision of last jedi instead of just retconning everything you know um i I think it's better to just even if it isn't as well liked to just move forward with that vision because i think if you just like Come back on it. You're just shooting. I think you're shooting the original movie in the foot as well as your own movie. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think. Um, like I know there was a lot of controversy surrounding BVS, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed
1: the um, ultimate edition of it. Um, so I mean, I agree. Like uh, yeah. I obviously I already stated that I kind of watch all those movies with like rose colored mm-hmm. glasses, and I, I enjoyed watching it. I mean, it was a fair, mm-hmm. it was a huge fan service as well for yeah. Batman vs Superman, but the same thing happened when when they announced that there was the Ultimate Edition coming out, the rated R version, which was the original cut. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go buy it right when it comes out. I went and bought it right when it came out. I watched it. um, And then, uh, my mom ended up buying me it again Mm -hmm. for Christmas. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I already own it. Uh, And (laughs) it was was great. (laughs) It was great. I mean, it was far more, it was Mm -hmm. far better. Yeah. And it was amazing and just allowing them to do what they wanted with that Mm story. And it kind of, comes up. with I mean, you talked about Star Wars, and Mm -hmm. uh, we won't go into that because that movie. Right. That movie just came out. I have a lot of problems with it as a Star Wars fan. Okay, we'll talk about that. (laughs) Um, But uh, but my big thing is, and I kind of follow the same thing with Justice League. Is Mm -hmm. there's been that hashtag release this release the Snyder Edit, like the Snyder version? And I agree. I mean, I don't like when movies kind of go back on what they've set up because Mm -hmm. you spend, like you said. Not only are you negating whatever the movie did that you're trying to fix, mm-hmm. but you're also spending way too much time of your current right. movie fixing those problems. Exactly. And and I think if they would have just let the original, because I mean, that's the big thing is, as a DC fan and as mm-hmm. a Marvel fan, allow Marvel to have its funny moments, mm-hmm. its lighthearted moments, its colorful action, and then embrace the dark yeah. as DC, mm-hmm. like a lot of the a lot of people's favorite animated versions of like DC films are the dark ones like Mm -hmm. people love the dark stories and and I think and people love Logan Logan was a very brutal dark sad story Mm -hmm. and I feel like DC could have and Warner Brothers could have just embraced it and gone full dark maybe not like over the top dark but stick to your kind of story that you've already set up with Man of Steel and allow Batman vs Superman to get a little darker Mm -hmm. and then have those comedic characters like Flash who is Mm -hmm. always kind of the comedic relief Mm -hmm. but But allow, like, a dark Aquaman, like the Aquaman you see in in, in Justice. He's very brutal. He's very harsh. Do stuff like that. There's no reason to go, like, oh, man, Marvel's successful with their, their comedy and their lightheartedness. Let's try that, too. Just embrace the dark part of it or
2: even uh Gal Gadot's wonder woman she's not dark at all but it's like you know i mean but she, she could super, have easily
1: she's not super quippy right she's like, more realistic more yeah. modern
2: and like she, 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 she could have, she could have easily fit in that universe and everything she was she still with the as love yeah. you know you
1: yeah, know
3: for sure yeah. and you
1: can have those comedic characters like you right. have um you have uh, chris mm-hmm. pines character he's yeah. he's very serious and he's very all about what he does but mm-hmm. he's also there's those moments where he just kind of looks at her in like amazement yeah and you're like dude you're just staring at her right <laughs> like, so, yeah yeah but you can always have those small yeah comedy breaks but you don't need to just embrace an entire kind of funny moment like right one of my biggest things is we're, we're talking about this for a little while now but, <laughs> but in justice league there's that moment with batman mm-hmm. where superman or batman that, like, says something no, no no where uh, batman says i don't not like you he's talking about Superman I'm like don't do it I'm like don't do it that's not what Batman's supposed to be do not do it like I'm glad Superman's back I love Superman being back Superman is a great character but do not do not light hearted Batman he is the dark uncaring unshowing character Mm -hmm. you don't need to be like I don't not like you like stop it
3: right there right
0: yeah i agree a hundred percent with what you said i think this was the perfect telling of creating who Superman is mm-hmm,
3: yeah
0: and i like man of Steel superman I don't want to see anymore in the future because that's who he was that was him becoming mm-hmm. yeah. something yeah. you know yeah I agree. and i think it that was exactly what it needed to be and then through b v s exactly what he needed to be there and just like um the whole scene of like his death the last thing he says um when lois looks at him and says you know don't do it or no he's like um this is my world. You are my world. And that's the last thing he says before he dies. And that's him finally accepting the fact that, you know, planet Earth is my home. Yeah. And, and I'm willing to give my life for these people. And I'm willing to give my life for you. And that was like the the end of his character development right there. Yeah. To becoming the Superman that we're familiar with.
1: I, I completely agree yep. with that. Yeah. I 100% agree with that.
0: And so I, I don't know why at the time the film was so disliked. But I think history is going to look fondly upon it. In like ten to twenty years, people looking back at it, I think, will have a more positive look at it. I think same with like um, Watchmen, how that was.
1: I think when the Ultimate Edition becomes a little bit more circulated, because I know a lot of people still haven't seen it. Yeah. like I know a lot of people yeah. who I have friends who ask me if they can borrow it all the time, and I think once it becomes a little bit more common that that was the original version of the movie. I think it, a lot more people will like it, and a lot more people will look back on it finally, like you said. So.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we've talked for a long time about this, and I'm oh, glad right. we did. We just talked about some really good movies, some really good TV shows, and some really good video games. Yeah, for sure. It was funny. I was talking to the guys before we started recording. I was like, well, if we keep each discussion to 30 seconds, we'll be at 45 minutes. Failed. Oh my <laughs> Failed. And we're at almost three hours now, so. <laughs> wow.
1: This is almost as long as End game. We have failed. Yeah. I mean, it's the, oh, it's, the, be- <laughs> it's the decade in review podcast. I think it's okay to be a little long. Yeah, I think it's okay.
0: Yeah, um, it's going to take me a long time to edit this. Uh, <laughs> listeners, don't. Ex- Should we just We're- do the game activity later? Uh, I think we could do it.
2: I mean, at this point, but- you might as
0: well
1: just commit to it.
2: Like, yeah, it's a long. I'm, it's long. Well, I'm probably
0: not a- going to have this edited and up until like next week, the- but that's okay. The only
2: reason I'm saying that, though, is my AirPods are about to die, so
0: we'll do it quickly.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm but real, before I'm we real
0: do real that... Real. Well, one's dead already. <laughs> <laughs> just we'll plug that one into I the case and let it by charge. One. No, that's all right. I'm
2: good with this left one.
0: <laughs> all right, so um, real quick. Do you have any honorable mentions for movies? Because I definitely do. Uh,
2: Logan is one of mine. Uh, I loved It. Uh, the first one. No, the second one. Uh, no, the second one's okay. Um, I think that's Planet of the Apes. I think that's it. Um, cool oh tangled i like tangled a lot rapunzel
1: not frozen no Frozen's okay. Sorry. no i mean i would i'd probably say a lot of my a lot of what i had as in honor roll most of my top 20s like yeah. 20 to 11 were probably mentioned by you guys mm-hmm. so there's not really yeah, anything so, i yeah. like to mention
0: i have a few um definitely the hobbit and the dark knight rises like mentioned but also Dragon Ball Super Broly, I really enjoyed. The visuals in that movie were amazing, even if the story was fine and everything else about it was purely Dragon Ball, which is cool. Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters, I really enjoyed. And then, of course, my favorite superhero had finally had a movie. And I have to put him on the list, even though he didn't make it to my top 10. Um, Aquaman definitely oh, deserves yeah. to be mentioned. Um, <laughs> it was He's been my favorite superhero since I can remember being... A very young child and to finally see him become popular is kind of cool but also i, I also like being like the only person to like him so it's kind of discouraging as well i always like being like the different person that you know oh that's the aquaman fan but um i still have my username aqua fan in several places and <laughs> i'm glad i caught that while he was not very popular <laughs> so i can have it because i'm sure nowadays it'd be gone so uh,
1: that's actually, my last honorable mention, I have one honorable mention um, and it's yeah, Man. It, it's the movie inception Came oh yeah! Out at the beginning oh yeah! Of the decade, but I think it was a masterpiece. It had great, it had a great soundtrack, great sound effects, great visual effects, uh, very interesting story, and it had one of those. It had an end twist where you weren't sure if what was happening was real, and you weren't sure if you really cared if it was real or not. And I thought that was a great way to end a story.
0: I would say if Interstellar is one side of a coin, that um, Inception is the other side. I agree. Definitely, a really good
2: movie. I'll add Ragnarok in mine. Oh. Or Ragnarok. Yeah. That one's funny. Cool. I like that one. And Ant Man. I'll put Ant Man since <laughs> someone else. Is putting Ant Man <laughs> in there. I did have. A, All right. Let's I move on have to
3: an honorable mention that I want to talk about when it came oh. to video games. Oh, what?
1: Go for it. Just video game. Oh, okay. so It's, it's too. Oh, say on. it. Go ahead.
0: That's fine. It's too. Just on. name it. Huh? Just name it.
1: Just name it. So I, I, don't play it personally, but I saw an article about it, and I kind of read it, and I do agree with it. and I know a lot of people were very iffy about the article, and they were like, "I okay. don't know," because it's got a very, it's got a huge fan base, but it's got a huge hate as well. And it's Fortnite, Fortnite. Oh, okay. and it's Fortnite. Oh. And it was the comp, there, it was an article about why Fortnite is probably the most important game of the genera- of the of the decade, mm-hmm. and why it could be important for the next one. And so many people were arguing with it because they were like, oh, "Minecraft has created engineers," and 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 I feel like people don't quite understand that the grasp of it is. I, how I looked at it is Fortnite has created video gaming as a mainstream entertainment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... Interesting. Like, as a, I mean, even playing up until Fortnite became a thing. I played for years, and I was still considered, like, a nerd, like, mm-hmm. for playing video games. And, I mean, a lot more people that I knew would embrace it, but it's become, like, an actual source of entertainment oh, of, yeah. of, of video games. And Well, they
2: had the, like... um. They had the Star Wars like thing.
1: Like, well, they I had bet. the Star Wars things. They but had a they showed, Borderlands like, event the Borderlands, and they had a bunch of Avengers. different stuff events. They've had the Avengers event yeah. when an endgame came out and It's cool to see like all these like pop culture franchises just like but yeah, but uniting for, on Fortnite. For it's a long cool. time people just thought video games were kind of the nerds sitting in their mm-hmm. parents' basement playing video games and it kinda got a little bit more popularity with with younger people like mm-hmm. us and consoles becoming more affordable, but yeah. I feel like Fortnite did bring a wider audience to gaming. It's brought people who never thought they would ever play video games into playing video games, and I do think it's a really important game for for gaming as a whole, the community, and it got Sony into agreeing for cross platform. Yeah, and I th- I think it is very important. I think people's blind hate for it is kind of why they're like, no. <laughs> My dog got into video games because of Fortnite. Because of Fortnite. So yeah, so I I forgot to mention that back. In, yeah, in, in video games, so I apologize. <laughs> that's all right.
0: <laughs> interesting. And that's an interesting take on something that you can dislike a game, but still appreciate what it did. And yeah. they can do that with any type of media.
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's it's not my favorite game. I, we talked about it a couple days ago. I played I played Save the World because I thought that looked interesting, and I played the Battle Royale at first, but it's not a game I really get into, and I take as serious as most other people, but I like it. And I, I think the fact that it... I, I, I like the opinion, and That people have on it, and I like what it. How people can just kind of it brings attention to a community.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So let's jump into the activity. let you Uh, want to explain the activity. I don't really know how to explain it, so I think you should explain it. I'll I'll explain it then. So (laughs) it's yeah our predictions for the upcoming decade. So between now and um 2030, we'll say New Year's Eve before 2030. So what is that? Twenty twenty nine, December thirty
3: first. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What we think will happen in this time, relating to media, such as Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, whatever comics, as well as just movies in general. What we think about video games. What we think about technology and even social media
3: moving forward. Ooh.
0: How do we think things will go? Do you want me to start with something? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I see the blank looks on your faces. <laughs> so, um, I think. That the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are going to have this move to become more and more like PC gaming. Maybe even add things like controller and mouse support to make it more popular like the Xbox recently did. And just becoming more like PC gaming in all the ways that it does. Maybe even switching standards to things like um, DisplayPort instead of HDMI. Caring more about high refresh rate and trying to achieve things in that way and having um, augmented reality and virtual reality becoming more prevalent. And then I just think PC gaming itself will also become more and more popular.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can I, can I definitely agree. agree. Uh, it, we've noticed PC gaming has kind of become more of a trend with uh, how things are just becoming more affordable. Um, uh, and I mean, I've, I've played... Definitely. I have, I have a PC, I have an Xbox, I have a PlayStation, a Switch, it, but it's just becoming a little bit more... Like, it's becoming more affordable, and I, I do agree. I think at one point, if, if it's not going to be with the new ones, there's going to be a point where the consoles kind of become interchangeable where you can take out a piece and upgrade it as time goes on instead of having just releasing new consoles and... <coughs> Sorry. Um, and... Uh... So, yeah, I can completely agree with that. I think that's kind of how gaming is going to move forward.
2: I definitely think, like, cool. I mean, we saw it with this past generation with PS4 and Xbox One where we had, like, we had the PS4 Pro and we had the Xbox One S X. and we had, like, and like Xbox you know. Xbox One X. And Xbox One, One. One X. So, like, it was, um, like, we had, like, I could see it, um, maybe at, at some point it will become more like PC. I think for, like, maybe even this next generation, I could see it becoming more like dare I say it like iPhones where it's kind of like every year we, we get the same console just upgraded until at some point you just have to get a new console to play the newest games um, that's kind of the way I see it going like even with, even with the switch we had the switch Lite. you know like we're gonna I think we're just gonna keep getting different versions like the same consoles now um, and maybe at some point just generations will go completely you know
0: yeah I agree I think generations are gonna disappear. And like I could play like pretty much any computer game on my PC, mm-hmm. and that's why I enjoy it. And I think that consoles are going to start to go that way too, where there's going to be no more no such thing as backwards compatible anymore, because it's just going to be playing a video game on your device, and you'll be able to play any of them. Yeah, yeah sure, cool. Um,
1: I guess I could. I'll do the next kind of. Sure. Move you on to go? the next yeah. subject. Okay. Um, sure. <clears throat> so I guess I'll go with uh, like. I guess I'll go with the MCU. Um, Ooh, all right, yes. And I'll, I'll kind of do popular movies in general. Okay. Like, if we could do that. Um, obviously, the MCU has already plotted mm-hmm. what they're doing for the next couple of years. And uh, I think it's going to continue. I mean, they make great movies. And I I, I love that it, the MCU and Disney, and they've kind of taken on this aspect of bringing characters that aren't super known. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we've got Shang-Chi coming out and people are like, who's that? Like, and I, th- but I mean, that's how the Guardians of the Galaxy were. Right. Yeah. People didn't know and people love those characters now and I think they could do a great job with it and uh, I'm hoping, like we talked about, that they do i uh, I'm hoping that, they, that they do a um, Punisher and yeah. bring back John Burnthaw and Daredevil and use Charlie Cox and um, <laughs> I just, obviously they're probably going to do the same formula. They're going to build up a long arcing story for mm-hmm. A couple of years and then have a conclusion at the end of it um See you in 2020 and, back. and then dc i kind of, i feel like dc is going to kind of have a subtle reboot because mm-hmm. i know we are getting wonder woman 1984 and we're getting aquaman too but i feel like with the new batman coming mm-hmm. out they're going to kind of do like a weird like like kind of switch of mm-hmm. tone um and just kind of let it build off of that uh
0: at least you think they'll use something like flashpoint to keep it as part of one story?
1: Possibly, and I think that would be a great way for them to do it, um, but I do think they need to slow down. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had this conversation plenty of times. I've personally had this conversation with a lot of people. They should slow down. They don't need to try to keep up with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Just kind of play out your own story at your own pace, and I feel like as long as you take your time and you are passionate about what you're doing with the films, I think it'll come out great. I mean, and Marvel then, just released their biggest ensemble movie. Yeah, like This is the perfect yeah, time I, I, for them to it's, just to sure. kind of restart yeah. and kind of take it slow and mm-hmm. start building up again. Yeah. Um, and and well, then with Star Wars, I feel like I'm going to bring in Star Wars as well. Okay. I, I'm looking forward to this future project that's mm-hmm. been kind of talked about with the uh, directors of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to Mandalorian and if they start to kind of link it to mm-hmm. the cinematic aspect mm-hmm. of the stories. But so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that cin- cinema and the popular cinema mm-hmm. has going on right now that they could build into
0: One thing I want to say is DC has always been really, really successful when it has done a one-off movie or a trilogy or four movies that just tell a story and don't try and create a big universe. And I kind of wish, I don't know if they will, but I kind of wish that they would go back to that of like, Hey, here's a really good Aquaman trilogy. Here's a good Superman trilogy. Here's a Superman and Batman trilogy, not trying to create like a whole big universe, but these standalone little sagas.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can, I can agree with that and then have like, the in betweens of like crossovers and stuff like that that they do, even with like the T V shows now. Um and not yeah, not worry about really just having this similar thing to Marvel where they have an overarching villain that they bring in the end and stuff like that. Where they have like Yeah. Even if they did something like what they did with Batman vs Superman. Right? right. Like have have Superman movies. And then have Batman movies. And then do Batman vs Superman. And then yeah. like just kind of have those have multiples like batman one batman two batman three and then have him do a crossover movie with like wonder woman or aquaman or something like that i feel like they could do but they don't need to have like this overarching story of 20 films like marvel did
0: yeah cool
1: all right unless you have some
0: predictions
2: yeah so we're going to talk about tv next um i think in this decade uh, I mean, we're I guess we're already kind of starting to see a decline in cable television. I think in this decade it goes away completely. I don't think we get cable TV anymore. I think everything just goes to streaming services. I think any shows that are not on a streaming service and that are cap- that are on cable TV are gonna basically have a choice like, hey, get on a streaming service or you're done. Um, yeah, I think and that we'll see it in this decade. I think.
0: That's an interesting um, point because I have a kind of counter to that. Okay. I think that streaming is going to peak this upcoming decade Mm -hmm. and then die. Oh, interesting. I think that streaming, there'll still be like streaming Mm -hmm. services, but I think like the whole idea of like uh, Disney Plus and Mm -hmm. Apple um, TV Plus and Netflix and all that stuff, I think people are going to start wanting to go in, like especially things like um, Spotify and Apple Music. I think people are going to start to want to go back to ownership and people are going to stop streaming music and it's going to go back to I'm going to buy digital downloads or records or CDs or maybe even tapes. I don't know, but like actually owning the music rather than streaming it. And I think we're going to see a turn back to that with movies and TV as well of people wanting to own physical copies or digital downloads, but owning it, not just streaming it and borrowing it for a fee, Mm -hmm. like a rental fee.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can kind of agree with that because you can kind of see that now like i mean personally with me like Mm i have all these different streaming networks i have netflix hulu Mm -hmm. disney plus but i still go out and buy the movies and tv Mm -hmm. shows that i really enjoy so that i can watch them whenever they want Mm -hmm. and i feel like at one point when it's no longer the most convenient thing to be doing Mm -hmm. it'll go back to ownership i feel like because people can buy digital download versions Mm -hmm. of movies and tv shows and stuff like that and i feel at one point when they go. Okay, I mean, I have all these movies and TV shows that I love and care about. I'm Mm -hmm. gonna watch these, like, because at one point, like, it becomes it'll become too much, right? I mean, even Mm -hmm. now, people have asked if they can buy like a set, a DVD set of Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. and it's it's just a streaming thing, and people have asked if they could get box sets of Netflix shows, Stranger Things, like Stranger Things, and like like Daredevil and stuff like that. So I feel like you're right. I feel like at one point, um. It won't. I don't know if I don't know if streaming. Net, I, I don't know if streaming network will peak and then die, and ca- or cable will kind of come to a decline. I think at one point they'll all they'll come back to a very like equal value equilibrium kind of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Cool. I, I, yeah I, I agree.
2: Well, I guess the companies will go. I mean, where the people go, right? So I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you read the
1: Disney timeline? The, what? <laughs> you ever read that? No. What's uh, that? There's a meme about, like, what Disney's gonna do for the next, like, 80 years. Oh, yeah? It's pretty brutal. Because, well... <laughs> it's, it's all fake. Yeah. Like, like, there's a point where it's, like, 2045, mm-hmm. Disney nukes Orlando.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Like, so it's oh, not really? real, but there's oh. a lot of stuff where it's, like, Disney buys, yeah. like, Sony and things like that. I think,
2: I think reg- with regards to the whole streaming services, I think that companies like disney and um we see with warner bros and hbo max and netflix and hulu i think they've put too much um especially with a lot of them just starting out i don't think they're gonna be like hey we're gonna stick with this for five years and then we're just gonna forget it you know i think they're gonna make it work you know because i think there's too much yeah but i think people are gonna start
0: walking away from it
2: well, that's the thing, if, but if they're putting so much effort to it, I don't think people are just going to so easily just walk away from it, you know? Like, why would, like, if Disney's going, like, boom, here's, like, all this stuff, you know, they're, people are not just going to walk away, they're going to keep going to where the stuff is, but, you know?
1: But, I mean, I feel like that's why it would probably stay at, like, an equal level. Like, cable, mm-hmm. cable television, at least, like, some of the stuff, and streaming networks, mm-hmm. and on-demand, and... And personal, owner, personal ownership of things. I don't think they'll, any of them will ever die. I think mm-hmm. like the popular thing right now is streaming networks, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody's got Netflix, everybody's mm-hmm. got Disney Plus. Um, but I feel like at one point, yeah, it'll just kind of steady itself out. They'll both very stay very equal with each other. I don't think one will skyrocket above the other, mm-hmm. and I don't think one will plummet to its death. I think they'll always kind of stay in something certain. Because I mean, that will be the point, like where you're like, oh, I don't have this movie. I haven't mm-hmm. bought it. But I do really want to watch it. It's on Disney Plus, like because I mean that's the big thing with me, right? Like I've used my Disney Plus to watch all the old Disney Channel movies Mm -hmm. that came out when I was like five and six. So, so I just don't feel like either will decline. I Mm -hmm. feel like they'll obviously DVR and cable Mm -hmm. and stuff like that was at a peak for a long time Mm -hmm. early in the two thousands and going into two thousand ten, and then right now streaming mm-hmm. networks is peaking, but I feel like at one point they'll kinda of steady out with each other. There'll probably be the new fad of whatever comes out mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
0: That's a fair assessment.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um with that, I wanna say that I think um Google Stadia will not exist in two years. Wow, two years. I if it lasts that long.
1: I, I don't know. I mean I it's it's weird to me that like it's such a thing right because like yeah. i've never thought of it as an inconvenience to pack like granted packing up my pc and taking it with me somewhere might be a bit much but i've never been like you know what i really wish i didn't have to take my playstation with me uh yeah. you know what i really wish i didn't have to take my xbox with me i've never really thought of it as that so when this became an announcement i was like who's complaining about this
2: <laughs> can can i can i add something to your prediction sure that, i don't know who it's going to be but i think I think you're right. I do think Google Stadia is going to go away. And I do think another company is going to step in and do an even better
1: Google Stadia. And that makes sense. I mean, I just think... Maybe. I think at one point it's going to get to the aspect of, like, cross platforms going to become the norm. And I don't think things like that are going to matter. I think it's going to be like, oh, hey, I'm a big Xbox fan. I bought the new Xbox Series Mm -hmm. X, the refrigerator Mm -hmm. unit. You bought the new PlayStation 5 or Mm. I don't know what it was. They said it was going to be called. Um, But it doesn't matter because everything that's released, like the new Modern Warfare and like Fortnite, Mm. it doesn't matter. I can play with you. We can play these games together. I think, I honestly think console exclusive video games are going to start going away. The thing that like Rockstar did with Red Dead Redemption 2 where they Mm. made PC wait like five, six months, almost a year. No, yeah, I think it was, think was a, a year. year. I think it was a year. They made it wait like a year before they could play Red Dead Red Dead yeah. 2, and I feel like Rockstar is going to realize mm-hmm. they can't do that again because at one point it's just going to become everything is cross-platform. I, I feel like we've started to see that now mm-hmm. with, with how Sony and Microsoft and Apple and all of them have kind of come to t- <laughs> come to terms with each other.
2: Mm-hmm. I do I
1: do think um, that... I agree. I, I,
2: oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, I, so that's okay. I think that uh, I don't think streaming video games is really going to become that popular. Yeah. Um, just because, like, like I said, my prediction is that streaming will start to fall off for um, ownership. And even though you're still buying games with Stadia and that type of thing, you are streaming them. And you, if Stadia goes out of business, you or if Google kills Stadia, which I know they will, mm-hmm. um, things will you'll lose your games and such. So I that's. One of my big issues with Stadia, and also like we talked about this, I think last episode, the killed by Google mm-hmm. and all those things that Google has killed off. With um, I think Stadia will be the next thing on the list. And I actually have another prediction that I'll go over in a minute. That another thing I think they're going to kill off I that just, will surprise you.
2: I just wanna, I just wanna add First that one. I think because for <laughs> me, I I don't think I do think streaming is here to take over. I do think at some point, if if you can get rid of the consoles as much, I love you guys. Okay, I love you, but. I do think if you can get rid of the console and make it work, I think it they'll do that. You know, I think if you can cut out the PlayStation and the Nintendo and the Xbox and just hey, here's a laptop and here's a TV, play video games, then I think I think if they'll they'll do it. I, I don't think Google's the one to do it though. I think it's going to be a different company mm-hmm. that'll make that happen if it happens.
1: Yeah, but I mean that's that's not really what like is talk like arguing i mean mm-hmm. it's it, like like what you're saying basically mm-hmm. like getting just getting like a universal system like a pc almost or like a computer um and just kind of owning your own games even if it's just the digital copy like mm-hmm. you have it saved into your computer into your hard drive your your, your well, system I think... that, that you have the game rather than just being like oh you know what i kind of feel like playing this game and clicking it and it just automatically loading
2: well, I think what Joshua you're saying is more like you don't think there's not going to be streaming. And my argument was that
1: there's going to be, and it's going to be. Well, how you described it didn't really sound like streaming video games, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you said you don't need the console, but then you were like, "But they'll give you a laptop." But your laptop is your console. That, that's
2: that's, that's that's not what I didn't mean. Like, get a because I mean, like with Google, you need you need a lap. You need something. Well, yeah, 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 right. No, that, that's kind. That's
1: kind of more what I was. But I get what you are Yeah, saying. yeah but I, that's what I meant. I mean, I I feel like yeah, they're probably yeah. gonna allow like personal use and stuff because mm. I feel like they would lose too much money if they were like, you know what, just let people stream it. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's a like a fee. Also, you have to look at like how how would developers mm-hmm. feel about stuff like that? Like because they wouldn't make nearly as much money by selling individual copies if they're just selling licensing to like mm. Microsoft or. Sony and stuff like that like right.
0: like well you see the same issue with a lot of musical artists right now with their streaming services which is one of the reasons why I think streaming will be hitting its peak this decade and going back to owning copies
3: yeah,
0: for sure. um, and with that I want to make my next prediction that I think will surprise a lot of people um, I think by the year 2030 YouTube will be dead They keep making changes to their terms of service, and a lot of people aren't liking them. They're banning a lot of people for um, pretty dumb reasons. They keep updating things to try and make it more, quote, family-friendly. When YouTube used to be the place where you can find edgy content at its very beginning, and um, it's becoming more like for celebrities and less for the average person, and I think that's going to cause a lot of people to drift away from it to various alt tech. Like We have a YouTube channel and a BitChute channel. And I think things, maybe not BitChute itself, but things like BitChute are going to rise in popularity and fall in popularity. Um, I think by 2030, YouTube will be dead. And between 2030 and 2040, you're going to see a lot kind of popping up and dropping out. And then by 2040, there's going to be a replacement of some type of technology um, service that for video hosting, that's going to be the popular one again. But I think by 2030, YouTube will be dead or completely um a wasteland where many people won't go to anymore and there's going to be several other alt techs that are coming up in its place
3: how long has YouTube, that are more
0: free speech oriented.
3: How long has YouTube been around for? Or like, oh, I'm just wondering.
0: I'm not sure. I'll look it up real quick.
1: 16 years? 17 years? years. It's like, what, like mid-2000s? mid two thousand. But I mean, I can agree with it. I mean, I've noticed some of the trends that have been going on with mm-hmm. the terms of service changes. I've seen there's, there's, I mean, yeah, it's not even, disappointed. but it's not even just that. It's the fact that I've gone to pages that I subscribed to years ago and all of a sudden like I'm no longer subscribed to that channel Oh,
3: that's because
1: weird. they do like a weird thing right now where they're yep. like, they're removing people's subscriptions. Like, I mean, like I, I subscribed to PewDiePie back in high school, back freshman mm-hmm. year of high school when like, or maybe eighth grade when he was gaining popularity, uh-huh. when he maybe had a million subscribers mm-hmm. and i went i never unsubscribed to him like i can mm. promise you i never went on i was like unsubscribe. but i went on like maybe in 2018 and mm. i was no longer subscribed to pewdiepie's youtube channel and i was That's like weird. what when did this happen and he had a video about how he was he lost like one hundred and forty thousand subscribers oh, in like a day and when like he kept getting comments that were like oh, i'm not subscribed to you anymore and stuff like that and And it was just—I mean, there's other people have been saying that. There's other YouTubers who are like, "Yeah, I lost subscribers because YouTube just removes my subscribers and things like that." And I feel like yeah, a
0: lot of people have said too that YouTube is no longer a place of growth for them. Yeah,
1: it's it's they they're very controlling, like Mm -hmm. from what I've heard, is a lot of people, especially with the demonetization, like Mm -hmm. like because like people were like, "Oh yeah, I said the f word, and my my entire 15 minute video is no longer can get any type of money." And it's like it's like oh, I mean that. like that's kind of stupid because you have stuff like Smosh. Smosh has been on YouTube since it came out and how yeah. like how edgy and brutal were they back in the day. Mm-hmm. And and now if you watch their videos now, they bleep a lot of the hard words mm-hmm. and they bleep a lot of the bad stuff because they know they'll get demonetized if they don't do it. And that's just sad. I mean, you you got to like, I get that terms of service exist, but how much do you have to take away people's like freedom? Like to just mm-hmm. say words like I mean, I get that people don't want to hear the F word or don't want to hear like certain profanities, but don't watch the video then. Why? Why do you got to take people's money away from them if other people are already yeah. subscribed to them?
0: Yeah. Um. Two things on that. One, I lifted it up. YouTube was created in two thousand five. Okay. okay. Yeah. And yeah. And two, um that's what I like about BitChute, and that's why I um, upload our stuff to BitChute, because there have been a lot of like copyright claims and stuff on YouTube, and that's kind of why I fear for our channel there. Where BitChute, they have two rules. One, you can't upload anything illegal. Two, you can't upload pornography. Oh well. Anything <laughs> else <laughs> anything I'll else never is free be game. On there, <laughs> and um they don't have ads. It's if you want to support somebody, you can like donate to them. So that's kind of why I feel like we're safe there, Mm -hmm. even if we don't have a huge following there. If, like, our YouTube channel was cut for some reason, we'd have our BitChute channel where we're not going to be cut.
2: I could. uh, I'm just going to add one little thing. I do think that I could actually do, like, I agree with you guys. I do think YouTube at some point will kind of die out. I don't think that it's going to be, like, we're going to have, like, in between YouTube and the next big thing, like, videos stuff whatever that we're going to have like these like it, like little websites here and there i think whatever replaces youtube replaces you like it's not going to be like you, you know what i'm saying oh, kind of like it's going to be like Okay, YouTube's dead. Here's the next thing.
1: Everyone's going there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's almost like it's almost yeah. like the thing going on with like Twitch right now. Like Twitch right. is having a lot of people leave, and they're going over to Mixer. Right, exactly. Right? Like the, it's gonna, their, yeah, the yeah, point. already exists. I yeah. you I would like to think that at one point YouTube will start to realize that a lot of their like mm-hmm. heavy hitters, a lot of their big people, mm-hmm. are going to start being like, you know what, I'm going somewhere else. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe YouTube will go, all right, maybe we should revise what we've changed. Sit down mm-hmm. with some of these people and see why they don't want to be on this platform anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe hopefully they'll kind of get to the point. I mean, it's the same discussion with Twitch. People have been mm-hmm. talking about, they want Twitch to just kind of realize that a lot of people are leaving mm-hmm. and it might not just be about the money. Like even that was one of the big things is Ninja left Twitch mm-hmm. for Mixer. And his comment was no matter the amount of money they gave me, it wasn't all about the money. And that should speak volume yeah. to how, yeah. how people perceive you, especially mm-hmm. somebody like Ninja, who at that time was your biggest mm-hmm. streamer. And, um, my prediction is that Facebook Live will die as a streaming oh, system. Yeah. No, I agree with that <laughs> I, even though um, even though Disguised Toast just moved over to it, uh, and I like Disguised Toast, I, I don't know what he's doing. But it's <laughs> the dumbest streaming system ever.
0: <laughs> um, one thing I'll say about YouTube too is I don't think they really care about their heavy hitters anymore. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, um, there's this one guy I watch on YouTube and on BitChute, and he's like in the process of like he's like. If I stop uploading one day, just know that like YouTube got rid of me and just follow me on BitChute because he does news and like politics and stuff. But he said that they keep (laughs) they said that they keep promoting like um, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all these big companies and kind of putting down the average person when it comes to like promoting videos. So I think that when it comes to celebrities and big companies, YouTube will keep promoting them and be happy with that. But the general audience member is going to be like, "Well, I I want my person," you know. No, I, I can
1: completely agree. I that. agree. When I said like heavy hitters and big people, I I kind of felt like I meant I meant more like the people that who bring them the most revenue. Like oh, okay, I like see. The kind said. of like uh, even though there's been a lot of controversy with them, I feel like if like the thing that just happened recently, PewDiePie decided he wasn't going to be uploading for a couple of months. Like he said he wanted to take a break, and I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, PewDiePie is the reason demonetization exists because some of the stuff he said." But I feel like if PewDiePie actually decided one day to just get up and leave YouTube, YouTube would freak out. Like the yeah. people at you at the like the head of it would be like, "What did we do wrong? Why is he leaving? How do we fix this?" <laughs> and and I th- feel like it's a lot of people like that. Like because like even if they're not like heavy hitters or big celebrities, I feel like if they're the people that bring in a, a lot of the traffic mm-hmm. and will get them a lot of their money and a lot of their revenue and stuff, I feel like those people will be the ones who if they start going away YouTube might realize they need to fix what they're doing wrong
0: yeah I'd love to see like somebody like PewDiePie move to a bit shoot or something like that a different alternate service just to see you know what would happen and to see that kind of a better service kind of grow so Mm -hmm. I have one more prediction but I don't know if y'all have any more predictions I do not
2: I don't really have anything
0: okay um there's this interesting video I recently watched and I think it is going to be um I think this decade we are going to see a return of 3D screens.
2: Uh like like movies or like TV
0: um monitors, screens, oh, televisions. I see. Okay. Um because there's this really interesting technology of this company called Looking Glass. Mm-hmm. And have you ever seen one of those things where it looks like a frog, like carved into a cube of glass and you can see it from all the different angles? Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of like carved with lasers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's um, looking glass has created this panel that has a similar technology where there are, I think, I think it was like 48 different angles, viewing angles on each pixel. Mm -hmm. So you can turn your head while looking at a screen and like see behind something. Interesting. And it doesn't have like the same effect of like a two D a three D S has because a three D S had like two angles of viewing angles. This has like I think it was forty eight different viewing angles, and so it was this really interesting technology. It's super expensive right now. Um, I think it was um, for their four K display, which looked okay because remember every pixel is now forty eight pixels. Mm-hmm. Their four K display I think was like ten thousand dollars or something, and their eight K display, which looked good, the um, price was call us <laughs> for call price us. so. But they're going to be showing off their technology at CES this year. So um, that's kind of like where everybody's like beta products are and sometimes they're alpha products. So I think that this technology is going to develop to make um, actual good 3D displays by the end of 2030 or by 2030.
1: So actually, one prediction I do kind of want to add, and it's not really a prediction. It's more of a hope. Okay, I would love for them to add like a new because I mean, I know you talked about virtual reality earlier. I would love for them to add something, like, where, have you ever seen the movie Gamer? No. Okay, so the the, the gaming console is almost like a room that you yeah. enter, and it's just screens. But I would love for them to kind of create, like, a system where, like, the floor moves. Mm. So, like, if you're walking, you're control, actually yeah. walking. So kind of like Ready Player One. And it would create, like, a realistic virtual reality where you're kind of put into this world, and you can see other people Kind of like Ready Player One. Yeah, almost like Ready Player yeah, One, yeah. but not with like just the VR headset, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Cuz we already okay. kind of have the VR headsets, right. but more of like I'm this person and it kind of puts like similar to like mm-hmm. Ready Player One where it kind of makes your kind of character avatar uh-huh. into you instead uh-huh. and you can walk around and you can see all these other people and I can like run into you and you're the crow yes. and stuff like that. I feel like uh, that's a hope. I mean, I guarantee it does not happen. With my pet Bruce the well, shark. I've
0: seen this other technology where it's like a room where all the walls are white, and they have projectors on the ceilings, and it projects like things onto the walls and onto the floor, and it interacts with you. It's just yeah, yeah something. Like it's that. very blocky, yeah,
1: something like that. And would be um, yeah,
0: like not good graphics yet, but there's potential for it.
1: Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, like get almost like a almost like a treadmill floor, so as you start walking, like the floor starts moving, so you're not actually moving forward. Mm-hmm but it kind of simulates that you are and your character will move forward in the world. I think something like that would be awesome
3: because it would
1: create it almost be cool. like an escape of like, instead of just sitting down on a couch and playing a video game, mm-hmm. you're actually entering this world with all your friends.
0: Yeah. And they currently have like gloves that can sense your hands motions for VR, but I like to see where it has reverse feedback as well, where like you can feel textures through the
1: gloves. Oh, For sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, do we have any more predictions, or can we finally close out this three-and-a-half-hour episode? Oh, we're done. Yeah,
1: I say close this We're done. (laughs)
0: Cool. Well, I think that was a very good episode, full of content, even though it was three-and-a-half hours.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we talked a decent (laughs) amount, and we went over everything pretty well.
4: Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Well, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Joshua Comics.
1: I'm at More. Uh, I don't have one yet, so I'm going to go create one, (laughs) because I have more of a personal one that I probably should just delete.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Cool. Well, Bradley will send me his, and I will put it in the show notes, so that way I have it there. Sounds perfect. You Um,
2: can uh, look us up on uh, Facebook, BitchU, and YouTube, if you search the Comic and Culture Cast.
0: Yep. And also, I'm going to list all of the top picks, so... All what is that, thirty picks per three people? All ninety things oh, that we picked God. in the show notes. Um so Lesh and Bradley, please make sure that you send me what your picks were so I don't forget and I can list them all. Yeah, for sure.
2: Cool. Alright. Cool. And with that I think we can close out. Wailing wolf is Aquaman reviews Dand in the Podcast.
0: Well that's just too bad, Aqualad. I guess we'll have to wait until next time for our next episode. Approaching destination.
3: Reengaging gravity. Area secure.